This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to uh, another week of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you, along with the CTO, Michael Remus. And uh, wow, do we have a lot to get to today. Unfortunately, no Jet games on the weekend. I don't need to tell you all that uh, the team has been off since the game in Colorado and won't play again until they take on the Detroit Red Wings at Little Caesar Arena on Thursday. Um, But lots of Jets news coming out of the weekend, including... Nikolai Ehlers landing on the COVID list. We'll uh, get to that and much more. Obviously, a massive weekend to finish off the regular season of the National Football League, uh, which means Black Monday today. Coaches, GMs getting the axe. And we have the uh, the playoff tree set for what will be the first ever Super Wildcard weekend with six games next weekend, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and the first ever playoff game on a Monday night. We'll get to all of that with Andy McNamara a little later on. Um, Jeff Hamilton's going to join the program to kick off the week. And coming up in about uh, 15, 20 minutes or so, Willie Jefferson back in a blue and gold, signed his contract heading into the weekend. The uh, dominant bomber defensive lineman is going to join us live on the program as well. Um, listen, we're going to have to talk about the Evander Kane situation. and. Putting Winnipeg on the map, the Hall of Fame tweet from Manitoba MLA John Reyes for the weekend. So uh, not to mention maybe the worst beat in gambling history for a good friend of ours, Matt Lang, who's often in on the chat listening to the podcast. Um, that We'll get into that when we talk about the Chargers Raiders game and the finish of it. I mean, to get things going, though, do want to thank all the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen every day, including F Apparel, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group. Try out those Buffalo Chicken Fingers. Got them on the weekend. Holy smokes, are they good. Canadian Club Whiskey. And of course, our friends over at Cool Bet Canada. Let's get Remus in here to start things going. Remo, how are you? How uh, How was the weekend? Yeah, it was great. I did a lot of uh, snow shoveling on my own. Didn't uh, Didn't have to make the wife. Do that one. Are we going there? Start the show, or are we saving it, <laughs> saving it for later? No, no jets uh, on the weekend. I'll be honest. Yeah. I thought when I saw that tweet, I immediately thought of you. What? I'm like, no. I'm like, you know, this. You would probably be smart enough to realize that it would be a bad look to tweet it out. But I've imagined you as a husband looking out at Leah, going, "Man, what a great wife I have." Hey, don't forget to get that stuff at the back there, dear. No, uh, no, no, no. She's offered to shovel so many times, and I'd be like, absolutely not. You are not going out there. You are not shoveling. I'm the one who's going to be doing the shoveling. News. This is, she, I mean, my bullshit meter is going off, never, the, off, the, off the grid right now. Yeah, never, <laughs> never happened. And if it did, yes, I, I abide by the rule personally that just because, you know, you do something doesn't mean you need to put it on social media. That's... I've done a lot of stuff. I've taken a lot of great pictures uh, of my kid, of uh, vacations. They stay on my phone. I don't need to, they don't need to go out there. I haven't posted on Instagram in like over a year. So I'm, I, I, I'm doing okay. I will say this. Well, listen, but he was not posting because he did anything. In fact, what he did was watch yeah. an amazing run by Shapovalov and Felix kicking ass in Australia, winning Canada. 
some cup down team event before the Australian Open. Um, but he was just, I mean, I think it was a well-intentioned tweet that went wrong. Mm. Oh, what a great, what yeah, a great what... wife I have. Finished out this shift. Now she's grinding out in the driveway. By the way, did you see Chapo today? What a big win for Canada. You know, it's just sort of. <laughs> yeah, I'm always, uh, I guess you want it. It's like a badge of honor when you stay up late for those uh, sporting tennis events. But then you have it or sporting, you know, if it's hockey, late overtime. You want people to know you stayed up. It's like a badge of honor. But then you have it on record that you were up until like 3 a.m. Watching, <laughs> watching a sporting event. But yeah, I mean, people are putting, making a lot of, uh, I guess, Listen, impl implications it, from that yeah. or assumptions. It's hilarious. Listen, the political opportunists are out there. This guy is a I, politician. Yeah. So now we're making it all about the party. Come on. Like, can we just appreciate the all-time Hall of Fame level of hilarity of this tweet? Have some fun with it and move on. Um, mm. And I know Mike's in. I mean, you know, I think John's done a lot in the community, certainly a big part of the Filipino community here in Winnipeg. So, uh, I mean, I didn't even know that, you know, I just knew that he was in politics. I didn't know what party he was. I didn't know, um, you know, wh how he was uh, associated with, whether it was the government or civic. It's just not as much my uh, my thing. But I did know when I saw that tweet, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Here it is. If for somehow you missed it, this was this was the tweet here. Uh, John Reyes, even after a 12-hour night shift at the hospital last night, my wife still has the energy to shovel the driveway. <laughs> yeah. God, 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 God bless her and all our frontliners. Time to make some breakfast. I mean, and as I said, the fact that before his previous tweet was 2.44 a.m., glad I stayed up for this one. What a great win for Canada tennis. We're going places. Yeah, I mean, just from, uh, I mean, I'm, I know people were like making, you know, connections to politics or something from that. I just think it's a, it's just an incredible tweet, regardless yes. of that. And yeah, and I've seen, you know, you know, it was on TMZ. We've seen photoshops of, uh, you know, his wife shoveling like at Jets games or on the river <laughs> or anywhere like, and it was on, it was on TMZ as well. And this is what, you know, no Jets on the weekend. So, you know, I joke, we could do 20 minutes talking about John Reyes's I could do tweet. two hours. I mean, I said to you, listen, I hope that, you know, this is going to be really tough to, to just focus on the sports today because we could absolutely do a two hour discussion on you know it's one of the funniest tweets in unintentionally i've ever seen in my life i mean and the fact that it was here in winnipeg and got everybody talking throughout i mean i uh, i will say this though i mean certainly i don't have any personal uh relationship with john but a lot of people i know and respect very well say he's a really great person does a lot of things hey he uh he took an l on social media on the weekend but you know what it doesn't matter what a bunch of people are saying as long as his wife's happy with him and he's still in the good books. Um, I think he'll move on and get past all of this. But there's no doubt that there was a lot of entertainment created from uh, from this social media faux pas, as it were. Yeah, shoveling. Um, I don't. I don't know how long their driveway is, but shoveling a driveway um sucks. Luckily, I only have like a short walkway that takes like uh, 15 minutes. 15 minutes to shovel. So, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I'm I'm shocked that if he has a driveway, he didn't have like. A service or i mean there's so many ways you can go with this tweet um it was 
I mean, everyone, just, everyone's talking about it. I got so many, like, group texts. Like, hey, did you see this tweet? It's, it's, it's insane uh, how much this blew up. And it got, like, yeah, 20,000 20, quote tweets, 40,000 like, likes. You, when I sent this to you originally, I said this, oh, my God, did you see this? And you were like, holy crap, this is unbelievable. And then went back. And then I believe your quote was, that better have been a damn good breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> that was my quote. I really do. I need to know more. Like, what did John prepare for his uh, <laughs> his incredible wife, Cynthia, after after everything that she had done that morning? And John would have been a great in a great mood, of course. He was in a great mood to tweet that and was in a great mood because of the big Canadian tennis win. And he was a big tennis guy, as we saw earlier on his feed. Uh, we knew we knew there'd be some <laughs> there'd be some funny comments in the chat about all this. I see Mal Paris has said that the uh, city. I love that the city of Winnipeg is waiting for Cynthia to finish her shift today to start clearing the roads. Yeah. <laughs> Paula, Dad, he had a at least he had a good view to take a picture of her. Oh. Uh, and Nicole J, you know what? You know what they say. If you want something done right, do it yourself. Likely that was her thought. <laughs> well, it, was all, it was also so cold on Saturday. I shoveled for a bit Saturday morning, and like I had to, I had to go in. Uh, That's a quickly. great point. That's it, not it was, like, you can't get that out of the tweet. Like people outside of Winnipeg seeing this don't even know the half of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, insane. So, I mean, there's pictures of the guy just like. I mean, the replies and the quotes have been been amazing but it was i saw he gave some comments to a cbc reporter as well just fully in praise of uh, his wife and what a great job that she did shoveling you know what all in all all in all a hilarious story that gave us plenty of entertainment uh but we in all sincerity this. hopefully yeah exactly thank you john thank you for what you did for this community over the course of the weekend and thank you cynthia in all sincerity which i think was the actual legitimate point of the original tweet uh was to thank her the nurses and healthcare workers that are working their asses off right now as we try and get through this damn pandemic so there you go i knew it wouldn't take long for us to get into it we pretty much had to start off talking about that tweet today uh but speaking of covid not that we want to talk about it at all remus but that was the big news today when speaking about the Winnipeg Jets is that Nikolai Ehlers has ended up on the list. And what was interesting about that is that, um, you know, a number of the guys that were at practice yesterday said, you know, Ehlers, Shifley, um, CJC is a group of about six players, but Ehlers was a key part of it. Spent more than half an hour on the ice yesterday um, in a bit of a competition shooting on Eric Comrie afterwards. And, you know, Ehlers said, you know, we're putting in some extra work, but we've got the time to do it. Um, obviously with him being with those particular players and just being in practice yesterday and now ending up on the COVID list, um, you know, it does put the spidey senses up as to hoping that this Winnipeg Jets club doesn't have more positive cases around the corner going into this game on uh, game on Thursday. Yeah, my immediate thought was, um, well, I guess Ehlers isn't playing Thursday, the one game the Jets play this week. You know, I'm setting my fantasy lineups and it's like, oh, the Jets play one game on Thursday. That's um, that's unfortunate uh, for us, but and for uh, for the team. But I guess yeah. That another thing is okay. Could there be more positives? I saw that he sk stayed on the ice for a long time after doing some three on three. They hope everyone else is uh, going to be okay. There's no other positives. And then I'm thinking, okay, well they're missing. You know, Stasny didn't practice on the weekend. He's got a lower body, and he's I think his status is up in there. Same with Stanley. They've done a bunch of uh, shuffling on the taxi squad, which you and I both talked about before the show that 
you know, we'll wait and see what it is, um, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. We're not, I think a lot yeah. of the stuff they do in between games and, you know, on off days is just to maneuver the salary cap. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But, I mean, you have, what, Cop and Shifley, I guess Connor and Dubois a pair, and Lowry's on the third line, and Svechnikov and Veselainen are in there. I mean, the forward group, you're missing, you know, Ehlers, Stasny, and Wheeler. I mean, that's a whole line that you're missing, you know, for, for the game. And now we're going to, I think Harkins and DeMello are, are going to be back, are eligible to be back Thursday. But, I mean, you don't know how they're going to be. I mean, uh, you see some players in the NFL. They come back after a week off uh, from COVID. You know, Tyreek Hill, has, he said he, he couldn't breathe uh, in his first game back. So, yeah. I think it affects everyone differently. And um, we'll wait and see. But uh, that's a, that was a tough one. We did have, did have some Jets news. That was our only Jets news today as they're not practicing. Yeah, I mean, as it stands right now, Reams did a good job of laying out the guys that have been injured or missing practice. Um, you know, Ehlers added to the COVID squad or the uh, the COVID um, protocol list, along with DeMello and Harkins. And uh, you, we've now have Burden, Vili Hainala, Dylan Sandberg. They were just added to the taxi squad. And then Perfetti, Christian Reichel, and CJ Cease were also moved over to the taxi squad. Again, I, it doesn't really matter whether they're on the taxi squad today or on the roster or on the Moose roster. What will matter is, you know, how who goes to Detroit, basically, and who's playing in that game. Uh, I did see a lot of excitement, though, in between watching football games, keeping tabs on practice on the weekend, though, Reem, uh, in that Cole Perfetti was on the right side of Connor and Dubois, which was an interesting look. And again, you know, part of it is players that are available, part of it is guys that aren't there. Um, but you know that that got a lot of people excited, of course, after Perfetti got into a game. But, um, you know, that was... Uh, Quite a game to get into. Played in a number of different spots as the Jets really were chasing for the better part of the last 40 minutes. And it dot, did not end well for the visitors against the Avs on Thursday night. Yeah, that was a rough one. And I was thinking about the Jets' loss to the Avs on Saturday when I was tuned into Leafs-Avs uh, with the lone game on Hockey Night in Canada. And it was an awesome game. A lot of skill within both the teams. But even when the Leafs went up, I was like, I don't think, I don't think this one's done yet. And the Avs, uh, the Avs did come back. Uh, that was a tough one, uh, I think, for Perfetti. But, you know, we've wanted to see him with some skilled guys. And I guess if there's one player who's been benefiting from the situation that the world is in, it's been Cole Perfetti's. You know, went to the Worlds. Um, he got to play with the Moose last year. He's got to play in the NHL this year and uh, the Moose as well. So, I mean, it's he's been helped uh, along quite a bit. And, you know, if he plays with some skilled players, maybe he can make some skilled plays himself. And, We'll see. I mean, if Ehlers is out, you're going to need someone to create offense on this team because, you know, as you haven't really been getting it from, you know, from the bottom six forwards, and it's kind of just been, you know, Cop, Dyfley, you know, Connor Dubois, uh, you know, riding it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that can do. I mean, but we'll wait and see. We have no idea what the lineup can be. Things can change every day. I mean, Colorado goes. You know, Colorado goes to practice this morning. Oh, Landis Cog's positive. He's out. He's out tonight. So uh, this is what it is right now. But I mean, things can change. No doubt about it. And I see some people in, uh, in on the chat asking, well, who's playing for the Moose right now? Yeah, they're... Uh, a big shout out to the Moose. This team, um, a sweep in Texas on the weekend, uh, including a regulation win with a last-second goal to uh, complete the sweep yesterday. If you have not seen the clip, uh, and Dan Fink, who joined us last week, I'm not sure if Dan's voice is still in effect today because he let her rip 
on that game winner. An absolutely amazing call for Dan. But he tweeted this out. This was his final thought for the night from the weekend. This weekend, the Manitoba Moose were without Gustafson, Perfetti, Chisholm, Galanka, Cease, Reichel, Hoy, Caron, Lynch, Burden, Holm, DeRosiers, and still picked up four out of four points in her 3 0 and 1 in 2022. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, but especially when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the American Hockey League, um, you know, guys will whether it be COVID, whether it be injuries, whatever it is, you get um, you know the opportunities will come up. And uh, tell you what, there's some great stories. We'll have to get Fink on at some point this week. All right, uh, we'll talk more hockey a little bit later on. Jeff Hamilton's going to join us. We will certainly be getting into more coming out of the weekend in the National Football League with Andy McNamara. Um, I do want to uh, say a big uh, thank you and shout out to our friends over at F Apparel who are ready for 2022, and hopefully you are as well. Uh, we haven't had many of those big gatherings that maybe we traditionally have worn suits for, uh, but coming into this season, we certainly hope that will be the case. Weddings, grads, so much more. Basically, every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great, and F's custom-made suits start at $400. And I have a feeling our next guest actually was rocking one of the F suits when he was out at the Player Awards at the Grey Cup. Uh, the top choice in Winnipeg for wedding and grad suits as well. If you have a big event coming up and you need to look great, F's here for you. And wedding parties, 15% off when the group buys their suits from F Apparel. That's F Apparel, E-P-H Apparel.com or pop down and see him at 190 Smith Street downtown. Uh, our friends at Vita Health are ready for the new year. Many of you thinking about making a few changes in the month of January. If you're doing a sober January, they've got amazing products, including non-alcoholic beer from Sober Carpenter and Neil Brothers, not to mention Soul Brew Elixirs, Boreal Botanicas, Botanicals, and Clever Mocktails. And if you're going vegan for the month, Vita Health carries so many great plant-based and vegan products, including Tofurky, Field Rose, Gardein, The Very Good Butchers, Light Life, Beyond Meat, and more. Of course, Vita Health is stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And heck, while we're uh, trying to eat a little bit better, it all starts with hydration and the folks at Culligan Water have been the experts in water family owned for over 65 years here in southern Manitoba whether it's a water softener filter bottled water coolers whole home systems drinking water systems or citywide delivery services Culligan has you covered and they've even got options for your business with both commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Find out everything that Culligan can do for you and your family at drinkculligan.com or pop by and see him at 1200 Sergeant Avenue or give him a call at 204-694-5180. All right. Well, I mean, everyone knows this next guest is one of our all-time favorites. Uh, he is a favorite of the Bomber Nation. And most importantly, after winning two great cups, he's coming back for a third one in Winnipeg. And uh, I believe we're going down south to welcome in Willie J to the show. Uh, Willie, what's up? Congratulations on the great cup and congratulations on the new deal. How you living? And I'm living good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm blessed stress-free going into free agency you know starting 2022 off on on a, on a good note 
Willie, I think everybody knew that you, and certainly some of your other teammates, Jackson Jeffcoat as well, would have been one of the most in-demand players in the Canadian Football League if you ended up going to the market. That didn't happen. Um, uh, how'd Kyle Walters in D.C. get you to uh, forego that opportunity and say Winnipeg is the place that you want to be? Just the culture that we've been building uh, before I was there and once I got there and the culture that we're trying to continue to build now that I'm, you know, coming back. It's a family-oriented team. It's a veteran-led team. And it's a player's team. You know, uh, the coaches coach. And that's all we need them to do. That's all Coach O'Shea asked them to do. And when you have uh, an environment like that to where you can come in and work, do your work, and, you know, your coaches going to coach you the best that they can and they don't have to worry about uh, anything outside of, you know, making you better every day, then <clears throat> that's that's just a, you know, saying a way to lead up to nothing but good things. You know, like this, like I said, the veteran leaders they they lead by example. We don't we don't. Um, it's not a dictatorship kind of thing. It's not like if I tell you what to do, you got to do it. But uh, more of like I said, you know, show by example. You know, we hold everybody accountable from the rookies to, you know, the oldest player on the team. You know, we take everything together. There's nobody doing something by themselves. Now, Willie, let me ask you I mean, just about the negotiations. Uh, was it an easy deal to get done? I mean, uh, how how long did it take? Um, did, did you, was your, do you have an agent that kind of does all that for you? Or uh, you just get Kyle in D.C. and said, boys, this is what it's going to take. Here, hand it over and then uh, show up in the mayor's office to sign the papers. Uh, well, I'm my own agent. I've been my own agent since 2018. So, um, just talking to Kyle, finding out what the number was, you know, that's, uh, when it comes to negotiating is, it's really about that one number and just figuring out what that one number was going to be to make both of us comfortable. And, you know, uh, once we, Figured out the number. Then me and Darren started talking, just trying to figure out the little, the little things, the ins and outs, and stuff like that to make uh, the organization happy, make me and my family happy, and things like that. And then just, you know, saying, "Yeah, this is what we want to do." You know, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. I can honestly say negotiations probably lasted on um, three days. You know, like the first day was just getting the number. The second day was, you know, figuring out what the number should be, what the number could be, you know, and what, what to make both sides happy. And then day three was just, you know, the ins and outs, trying to figure out the little things, trying to figure out, uh, you know, travel, housing, uh, signing bonus, base, uh, things like that. And, you know, we have a plan on moving back up there soon. So it's just, trying to figure out like realtors and things like that to try to find a nice spot out there to move back to. Well, <clears throat> listen, this was, um, I mean, it was an incredible weekend for Bomber fans. I mean, to hear you, you coming back, Yoshi first and Jackson and yourself, it was big. But I, I just want to ask you one more about doing the deal. I mean, without an agent, um, you know, obviously you're very close with your wife. I'm sure she was involved in and helping you. Is there anyone else that you sort of lean on for advice or any guidance through that? Or now that you've done it a few times, you pretty much know how this works and we're confident that you just take it over yourself. Uh, you, I'm, I'm very confident in my, in, you know, the way I 
structure my business. You know, I always have my wife right next to me when I'm when I'm doing things like this, when I'm making uh, decisions like this. So the conversation between me and her is 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 real. You know, it's never about the money. It's always about what's best for us and things like that. And then um, I always call I always call uh, Odell. Willis, you know, talk to him, let him know what's going on, let him know what he thinks, you know what I'm saying, ask him uh, how he feel about it, you know, that's that's somewhat of my big brother when it comes to this CFL football stuff, so just seeing how he feel about the numbers, knowing what I should get, knowing what's on the market and things like that, and then just, you know, I don't necessarily talk to my, 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 my parents about it, they don't really know about uh, the numbers and things like that, but yeah, just uh, me, my wife, uh, Odell, and then probably uh, one other person. And then other than that, it's just, you know, trying to figure out if my wife's happy, you know what I'm saying? If she's happy with the numbers and I, you know, when I'm happy with the numbers, then call them and tell them, let's, let's uh, get the papers. Willie Jefferson of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, signing a new contract and we're heading into the weekend down in Texas. Uh, Willie, one of the interesting things, and I mean, you're the master of social media. There's a few things. We knew that the guys were going down to Texas. We saw your first tweet. Now we talk in that talk. I think everyone knew that, okay, something's happening. Um, and then we saw the next tweet that said, back the Brinks, up to, Brinks truck up to IG Field. Uh, at that point, was, was that when, did you have a deal done at that point? Was that sort of announcing to Blue Bomber fans that uh, there was good news on the way, or was that part of the negotiating product? Oh, I think we might have just lost Willie for a sec. Oh, we'll see if we can get him back right away. Um, very interesting to see. Yeah, <laughs> what's Holly cooking in the kitchen? I heard the microwave beeping. Uh, the Ottawa Gremlins getting in there. We'll see if we can get Willie, uh, Willie back up. But... Um, yes, and I, I do see someone talking about uh, Tikoni Polly taking a poke at Riders fans. That was a big story over the weekend. Three Down Nation, I think, reporting that, um, um, you know, Willie had said that early on in his career, the uh, fans out in Saskatchewan didn't give him a lot of time to kind of handle his business with his family and whatnot really over. And that was something that he'd got here in in Manitoba and in Winnipeg quite well. So um, it was, uh, I think that irked a few rider fans heard uh heard roddy talking about that earlier today on his program today and uh oh that was uh, a topic that's probably a more hot button topic over in saskatchewan right now than it is here in uh in winnipeg uh, we'll hopefully get willie back we'll probably see what else is happening with him i do believe we've got him back willie can you hear me okay okay perfect perfect i was just gonna say we saw that tweet that you said uh back the brinks truck up to ig field was that negotiating or had you already had the deal done and that was signaling to bomber fans that you were coming back uh so getting the great cup so getting the great cup to texas was it was crazy let's let's say that first it was crazy so you know after the great cup and everything Asking Darren, can I get the Great Cup? Asking Kyle, can I get the Great Cup? Asking Wade, can I get the Great Cup? And then, you know, me and Jackson, being the big, the big players that we are to the team, you know, trying to get the free agency stuff going and stuff. We like, hey, you know, if we can get the cup here, you know, early January, when when Darren comes down with the contracts and stuff, so we can so we can make it official. 
I would like to, you know, have a great cup so we can take some pictures and stuff like that. And then, you know, push came to shove. They they got some they got some uh some some handshaking to do, some babies to kiss and stuff like that. And they and they made the great cup come down to Texas and I and I appreciate everything they did and I had so much fun with it. Me and Jackson, you know, uh took some pictures and stuff with it, let some people see it, you know. So you seen the social media, man. Everybody was excited to see uh that great cup, that piece of hardware, uh, in the city, in the in the city of uh, Beaumont, in the city of Austin, with Jackson, and just you know, just just to have the opportunity to put put eyes on it. You know, they always hear about it from me or from Jackson on social media, on the phone, whatnot. But just to actually have it in my mom's living room, so you know she can see it, so my friends can come over and see it. You know, my other family members can come over and see it. Having it, you know, in my living room on my counter, you know, while I'm eating breakfast, while I'm eating dinner, just looking at it, you know, seeing my name on there. And it was amazing. It was uh, and, and not to mention, I mean, it was a big deal down there. I mean, we saw you guys ticking around. I mean, Jackson had it in Austin at the uh, Texas Longhorns facility. And then you brought the great cup into the mayor of Beaumont, Texas's office, and that was where you signed your contract. How did that all come about, Will? Yeah, just, you know, me being me being the person I am from, from Beaumont, knowing the mayor personally and things like that, uh, seeing her come up through the rankings, you know, city council and things like that, and when she had the opportunity to become mayor, that was that was a big that was a big boost for 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 the city for her you know what I'm saying for for all her friends and family and things like that and for me to be a part of that close that close knit group and then to come home with the great cup uh, it was crazy she she was she wasn't she wasn't hesitant to let me come in and, and be myself and do uh what I do in the mayor's office in the uh in the in the city hall and just to see all the people's faces when I walked in with the trophy, walked in with my wife and my daughter, had the mayor on side of me, had uh, one of my close friends, uh, Councilman A.J. Turner, uh, right there with me. And just to see all those heads turn, see how wide those eyes were, <laughs> and to see those jaws dropping, to see that beautiful piece of hardware, that trophy, that Canadian Football League Great Cup trophy in Beaumont, Texas, in City Hall. It was it was amazing. It's a, a feeling that I don't think I'll ever be able to recreate. It's such a great trophy, Willie. I mean, for the people that hadn't seen it before, I mean, I'm sure it was, uh, you know, I'm sure it was drawing a lot of attention. Uh, how much fun did you have just rolling around with it as a great cup champ with it back in your hometown, not to mention celebrating a new contract with the Blue Bombers? Man, I had a great time. Like I said, it was, it was fun, you know, to have, my friends, the people that I call family, the people that that know me personally, to know the way I came up, the you know my mom, my dad, my 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 grandmother, my brother, and everything like that. For those people to see me back at home in my element with this trophy is is uh is mind blowing. You know, like I said, you will never think that that trophy will make it to the U to the U.S. and even with it coming to the U.S. for it to be in a city like Beaumont, you know, with with somebody like me, that's that's uh, it's crazy. 
Well, yeah, listen, it made everyone happy. It made uh, the it made the weekend for everyone. The hockey team's not playing right now because of COVID. So we got some great bomber news coming into the weekend. And you kind of alluded to this beforehand, and everyone's asking about it. I mean, you've talked about your connection to Winnipeg, this organization, the city, the fans. Um, and you know, you've also talked about moving here. Fill us in. Uh, is the uh, is Peg City going to be home base for the Jefferson clan going forward? Man, going forward, we 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 looking we looking for a spot right now as as we speak. You know, uh, we're ready to come back. You know, paperwork's paperwork signed. You know, we ready for twenty twenty two. Um, it's just now we're just trying to like you know tie up some loose ends here in Texas. You know, get get my lease and stuff finished out here. Figure out you know what's what's up with my with my uh with my parents you know my in-laws and things like that see how holly feel you know what i'm saying what's a good date and stuff like that and you know we're gonna we're gonna try to make our way back up there well that is uh that's a uh, fantastic news i think for everyone here in this community considering the way you and uh, holly have fit in so incredibly well and what you've done for the football team hey, is the first time we spoke since the big game in hamilton um <laughs> Willie, that was a quite a different Grey Cup game than the one in 2019. I mean, came right down to the end. I mean, you guys had to come back in the fourth quarter. Uh, what do you remember of that of that victory and the comeback? And uh, I know a lot of guys said that, hey, there was no doubt that you guys were going to win that game. But, uh, man, down 12, it was uh, – Ticats pushed you guys. What, what do you remember about the Grey Cup other than, of course, the celebration, but getting it done in the fashion that you and your teammates did? What I what I remember what I remember from the Grey Cup was uh Zach's face uh halfway through the fourth quarter when we like you know when we you know made the comeback, you know, uh the look in Big's eyes, the look in Jackson's eyes, Jake uh stole the 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 the, the resiliency we had on defense, you know, to go on the field. Two and out turnovers, takeaways, and things like that to give Zach that ball uh, back in the fourth quarter to, to tie the game up, and then just every time coming off the field, every time the defense coming off the field, you know, uh, putting my hands on Darvin, saying, saying like let's like let's go, like you know, me and Darvin, me and Darvin have a have a connection of our own, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't have to say much to each other, we don't have to say much to each other, and you know, what I'm saying we know we know what we need to do to turn up the game, you know, not if not just for us, but for everybody around us. And you can see it, like, you know what I'm saying, when Darwin started taking off, when when Rasheed started, you know, taking off, when Dembski flipped the switch and started doing and started doing his thing and 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 Kenny as well. You know, all those guys putting in that work to, you know, make those catches, make those plays, uh, put those points on the board. And give us the opportunity to go out there and, and and do what we do on defense, and then just going to overtime. Us getting that ball first was was big. Us getting that ball first was big. <clears throat> the way the way Darvin uh, did his thing in overtime, the way uh, Rasheed did his thing in overtime, Dembski, Wiley, you know, and then Zach put putting the team on his back, you know slinging it how he was, the offensive line protecting him as good as they did, you know, the game was the game was was shaky, you know, throughout the whole game. But, you know, fourth quarter when we tied it up, going into overtime, 
that was the moment that we wanted. You know, we was we were not going to lose going into overtime. And then, like I said, when Darby caught the touchdown and when she caught the two-point conversion, us going out there with Hamilton on our back, Winnipeg, Winnipeg in our ear, Coach O'Shea and uh, Coach Rich in our heart, man, it was no way we were going to lose that game. And, you know, uh, Winston breaking up that ball and uh, Kyrie running to the ball like we like he always does and catching it and selling that game. I could not have asked for a, a better way to end that game because it was a tough game throughout the whole game going against a great offense, going against a great organization. That game was exactly what the CFL needed coming back from a pandemic, coming back from you know, sitting out a whole year without CFL football, that game was exactly what the CFL needed. Oh, God. amen to that. And I mean, just to your point about the way that it ended, I mean, you're part of a historically great defense uh, for the 2021 season. Um, you know, this Bomber defense will be put <laughs> up against, uh, you know, the best that ever played in the Canadian Football League. And there were so many guys that had a piece of that all season long. I don't know if there could be a more appropriate way of ending a game on a walk-off championship-winning pick that got touched by three different players on the team on the same play. Spook, Spook should have, Spook should have ended it. Spook <laughs> should have ended it. Rose should have ended it. You know, you know, what I'm saying they gave the opportunity to Kyrie. Man, glory to God, man. Kyrie is a is a is a phenomenal player, man. He and he and he showed up the right time. You know, there's something that Kyrie does. Every week, man, like he's 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 one of them players that 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 shows up to work and just works. Like you don't hear him talking, you don't necessarily see him moving. But when you when he makes a play, you can you just know, like you know what I'm saying. He's he's been he's been working, he's been grinding, he's been focused, he's been locked in, and he's always been there. And and that was the perfect play for him to finish with. Uh, it was something else. Willie Jefferson back with the Blue Bombers looking for a third consecutive Grey Cup with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, I'm sure you talked to Jackson over the course of the weekend and Yosh as well. I mean, to have such important players commit to this team in advance of free agency, I think sends a message to everybody else in the organization that, you know, this team looks to run it back again and try and do something incredibly special and be the first three-peat champion since the 80s in the Canadian Football League. Um, what do you think this does, the message that it sends, well, first of all, to other pending free agents with the Bombers, Willie, but also to the rest of the Canadian Football League? It's a family. You know, uh, why break the band up? You know, we're doing something special. We're trying to make history. Uh, we're not we're not trying to do it in the in the in the wrong way. We're not trying to be flashy. We're not trying to be uh, overzealous. Or none of that. Like we just want to we just want to come in, play Winnipeg football, have fun with each other, love on each other, uh, as friends, family, and teammates. You know, like I said, from the top down, from Wade, all the way down to Miss Carol. You know, we 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 together. You know. Uh, if anybody needs something, you know what I'm saying, everybody's everybody's willing to help. Why not come to Winnipeg? Why not stay in Winnipeg? Willie J with us. Hey, a bunch of people are asking uh, in the in the chat right now. Um, will you be watching 
the big college football championship game tonight between Bama and Georgia. And do you have a uh, do you have a rooting interest? Do you do you have a feel on who's going to win this game? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm most definitely watching the football game tonight. I don't think there's any other any other football games on tonight. Um uh, so Oh, it's Monday night football on tonight, I guess, but um Alabama versus Georgia. I think I'm gonna go uh I think I'm gonna go Alabama roll tide. Uh <laughs> I got a lot of I got a lot of uh a lot of friends and a lot of ex-teammates that went to Alabama. Uh, a couple of guys from my hometown, from Beaumont, little young guys, went to Alabama uh, most recently and things like that. So I think that's the team I'm going to roll with. Like, I don't know what it is. Uh, ever since I've been a football player, ever since I've been watching sports and stuff like that, it's, it's been kind of hard and kind of uh, – crazy to bet against Alabama, you know, especially in, in big games like this. They don't typically lose big games like this. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be roll tide tonight. Well, it should be a great one. Hey, did you watch that Charter Chargers-Raiders game last night? I did. <laughs> hey, as a defensive player, uh, what did you think when the Chargers went for it on fourth and two from their own 18 yard line in a, in a, in the third quarter in a very, very close game. And if that happened, if you were on the defense, well, what does that say to you as a defensive line going, wait a second, you guys have the balls to run the football on us from their own. Yeah, especially if you're going to run the ball, you know, running the ball against, especially against the Raiders, you know, uh, the Chargers are really don't already don't have an, amazing run run game, you know? So to try to lean on that at that point in time in the game when you have a, a mobile quarterback and some great receivers, it, it, it makes no sense to run the ball uh, with that situation, with that much time on the clock. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's football. That's situational football. That's, that's their coach, their, you know, his decision and things like that. And, uh, me personally, as a defensive player, I would have I would have took it as you know they they don't think we can stop them. They don't think you know they don't think we are good as who we think we are, and we need to show them right here, right now. And I'm happy for the Raiders, man. I'm happy for uh, that boy Max Crosby. You know what I'm saying? Going to his first career playoffs and stuff like that, man. He's a, he's a great pass rusher, man. So I can't wait to see him in the playoffs. No, it was a uh, it was a wild game, and uh, Steelers survived. They're going to go to Arrowhead, and what will probably be Ben's final act as a uh, as an NFLer. But uh, it's going to be a great weekend. And next week, there's no Monday Nighter tonight, Willie. But next week, for the first time, because they expanded the playoffs, it's the Super Wild Card Weekend. So two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and the Rams and Cardinals are going to be playing on Monday night. So we will have one more Monday Nighter before it's all said and done. Cowboys, Cowboys versus Cowboys versus the 49ers. What you think? Oh, I'll tell you what. I think the Niners are a problem, a big, big problem right now. The way they turn that game around, and maybe it's just that Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. That's six straight wins for the Niners over the Rams uh, with that win last night. But, I mean, it was bizarre. I mean, that game completely flipped. It was night and day from what the first half was until the second half. They, they got that field goal on the final play. 
got the kickoff, went down, got a touchdown to begin the second half, and all of a sudden, 17-0 goes to 17-10. And then, and I mean, you know this. I mean, when you run the football like the San Francisco 49ers does, from a defensive standpoint, I mean, it takes a lot out of you. And, uh, you know, if you do that like that for four quarters, uh, you know, often at the end of the game, that can be the difference. And it certainly seemed like that was the difference. And be interesting. I think Dallas is a heck of a good defense, but uh, they're gonna they're gonna have their hands full with a team that I think has a lot of momentum coming into that game next week. It's gonna be a great game. I can't wait. That's gonna be the game. That's gonna be the game. Everybody, everybody in Texas is gonna be 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 one to be it. <laughs> no doubt. Hey Willie, before we go, lots of people in the chat giving you uh, some props and comments on what you got in the background. Uh, see, you got a milk jersey there. Some of the other bomber paraphernalia. Oh, what the, what else see, is all there? Absolutely. So y'all see, y'all see, I got the, I got uh, all my All Star posters. It's supposed to be one more coming in twenty twenty one. You know, four time All Star. I got my uh, my autograph milk Steagle jersey. I got my 2015 Edmonton Eskimos jersey, 2015 Edmonton Eskimos helmet, 2019, uh, excuse me, Edmonton Elks, I'm sorry. Uh, 2019 Grey Cup jersey, 2019 Grey Cup helmet, me and Jackson's uh, magazine cover. And then over here, I have the CFL award. I have the hats from the Great Cup 2019-2021. Defensive Player of the Year award. Great Cup poster from 19. Great Cup sticker from 19. Fathead. Uh, a Calgary policeman's cowboy hat from 19 after the Great Cup. Yeah. Some, some memorabilia oh that is some great stuff well willie listen um i you know there's too many comments congratulating you and thanking you uh in the chat to go through them all but needless to say and i don't think this is news to you bomber fans fired up that uh, you and jackson and yosh are all coming back uh and very much looking forward to this next season hey before you get back to winnipeg uh, how's the family and uh well, 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 what's on the uh, agenda right now as you uh finish up a little bit of time back home before heading back to Winnipeg? Uh, the family's doing great. Holly's wonderful. Kelly's uh, still growing. Firecracker as, as, as usual. Um, I'm just, I'm just relaxing right now. I haven't, I haven't started working out or anything like that. I'm still just like taking it all in, trying to just be here with, uh, with my family. And things like that. Um, other than that, just like I said, uh, tying up some loose ends. Now that the now that the contract is signed and everything like that, take a deep breath, relax, uh, a little weight off of, uh, weight off my shoulder, um, and just start looking to try to find a spot in Winnipeg. Uh, get all this stuff packed up and get ready to move down there. Well, it, just before we go, here's some of just an example of some of the comments in here. Uh, he is so much fun. Can we keep Willie forever? CFL players are the best interviews. We are so fired up. So excited. Willie is back. Willie is the best. We love Willie for the three Pete. You get the uh, you get the gist of it, Willie. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, all the best to Holly Kelly and the rest of uh, your family down there in Texas. We'll look forward to seeing you back here. Congratulations on another ring. 
And congratulations on another deal with the blue and gold. We can't wait for next season. Thank you so much. Right on. Thanks, Will. There he is at Steeman Willie Beeman himself. Willie Jefferson of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, an all-time favorite of ours on Winnipeg Sports Talk and very clearly an all-time favorite of Blue Bomber fans. Uh, we'll have more on that. Talk a little bit about the Jets situation and much more coming up with Jeff Hamilton in just a second. Hey, the extreme cold warning is going to lift. Well, actually, I think it technically has lifted and we're going to get a few days of pretty much nice weather. Might be time to make sure that you don't get in a bad situation with your car battery when we inevitably get into another one of these extreme cold warnings. And the guys to help you with that, of course, are the experts over at Manitoba Battery. Donnie and the gang locally owned with the best prices in batteries for all makes and models of vehicles, not to mention sleds, skidoos and so much more are the place to go. $89.50 with Core Exchange starting at it. Save money and save time. Don't bother wasting your time at the big box stores like Costco. Shop local and get it done over at Manitoba Battery. They'll also test your current battery for free. Pop by and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. You can also give them a call at 204-783-8787 if you need the battery delivered. And of course, you can find out everything that they've got going online over at manitobabattery.com. Well, as we mentioned, the NFL playoffs are here. Uh, regardless of what team you are supporting, Royal Sports has incredible NFL gear. Pretty much all the teams still with a shot at the Lombardi Trophy. You can pop down and see that at 750 Pembina Highway, along with all the Bomber Grey Cup Championship gear, the best selection in town of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, and the entire National Hockey League. Of course, Royals also the hockey superstore. Some great snowboarding equipment as well, if you're thinking about hitting the slopes. And while you're there, make sure you check out all the cool things and the great deals on the Kings Skate, Snow, and Surf side. Uh, for the latest on Royal Sports, new merchandise, great deals, Follow him on his Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina and pop down and see him at 750 Pembina Highway. And a uh, 2022 is here and a new year. Maybe you're thinking about a new ride. And if you are, before you do anything, get on down to Waverly and McGilvery and see our friends over at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at an incredible price with the help of the Not Team? So many vehicles on the lot, as well as if there's a particular make and model that you're looking for, they'll source it out and help you get into it on the roads here in Winnipeg. Uh, find out more at knock.ca or pop down and see them at Waverly and McGillery. And of course, while you're there, check out the incredible new Winnipeg Car Lab as well. All right, great stuff with Willie Jefferson. We will talk more football a little later on, specifically in the National Football League with Andy McNamara in about half an hour or so. But uh, let's welcome in, fresh off the DL and looking like a million U.S. tax-free, our good friend Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. Hammer, what's going on? How are you? It seems you've been doing some work at the new spot and like the new background. Yeah, no, I just use one of those apps that just formulates art on my back wall. And uh, no, no, I actually put that up there. I got, uh, I got, I started doing something other than work and, and uh, yeah, I got some things done, but I did appreciate the, what was that? A Winnipeg sports talk episode of Cribs there. I caught the end of the, the Willie Jefferson spot and uh, what an He's ambassador for the city, man. The I best. mean, the best. Yeah, that really is. Uh, that really is a guy that you, you can cheer for and um, certainly a guy that, has embraced this city and good for you guys to have them on there. Well, you know what, listen, I, I want to get to, you know, jets and looking ahead into this road trip and what's happening and how the NHL is handling things and what we can expect, but let's may as well start off talking bombers as you brought it up. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I joke that Kyle Walters, like the Mariano Rivera of um, of uh, GMs right now, because I uh, grabbed DC, grabbed the Great Cup, and went down and did some closing. Um, you know, to think that Hardrick, Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat are all signed before even dipping their toes into free agency, I think speaks so well of where this organization is right now, how connected these guys are to one another. And uh, I'll tell you what, it wasn't a great day for the other eight CFL teams when they kept on seeing those press releases and tweets coming out of the Bomber HQ last week. Well, and that's the thing. Let's not forget Jake Thomas. I mean, you might not have the you know same pedigree as a, a Jeff Coat or a, a Willie Jefferson or a, maybe even a Demarcus Hardrick, but certainly a, a key integral piece of this team and another example of a guy that wanted to put pen to paper with this organization as soon as possible and be part of something that they've been building, obviously, here for the last few years. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting... It, I, I, I'm caught between kind of two places with this. I, I really do think, you know, that you know, what Mike O'Shea and, and, you know, he's been given a ton of credit and will, and, and deservedly so. And certainly, and in, in I'll give him credit here too. Like he's created a culture that wants all the players coming back. And, you know, you look at the guys that have signed so far, not surprised with Willie in the sense that, you know, he'd already been kind of talking about moving here. He's, he, he really enjoys it here. Everyone enjoys it here, but you just, you felt like he was going to come back. Jamarcus Hardrick, same kind of story. That guy just absolutely adores everything about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And so that wasn't a big one um, as far, I mean, big signing, obviously, but not a big surprise. Jake Thomas, same same thing. Um, Jackson Jeffcoat, though. Jackson Jeffcoat, I've said on this show and I've, I've written in the past, was the guy that I thought might have been the one that would get away. Not because he didn't love Winnipeg. He absolutely loved Winnipeg. But just because he was the, kind, the guy that – and I'm not trying to say he was going to be chasing money, but I think he was a guy that, you know – given his age, given his pedigree was, you know, could have potentially been interested in testing free agency. And if you, if you, you know, read stories or even caught his interview, um, he said as much, I mean, he thought he was going to, he thought he was going to test free agency, but you know, lo and behold, he's put his, uh, he's put his signature to paper. He's going to be back. That's a, that's a, a big, big, big piece. I mean, you look at what they've done um, with the signing so far and, and that defensive line, that starting defensive group minus, you know, Stove Richardson is intact. And that was a big piece of the puzzle, obviously, to this Bombers historic defense in 2021. And um, certainly a great start. You mentioned Kyle Walters, obviously credit to him as the GM. And you also mentioned DC. Darren Cameron is a massive piece of this puzzle. He's got the relationship with the players. He's constantly helping out in that regard, too. So, you know, he's he certainly deserves his credit um, in what, what they've been, been able to do so far. And, and I would not be surprised in the coming weeks here so long as we don't break these 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 signings that the bombers are going to start doing the boom 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 monday to friday uh <laughs> one signing a day piece so you know for bomber fans out there buckle up this is going to be uh you know it's going to be an interesting one um off season and certainly i think is going to be a promising one so well, i'll tell we'll see you how what, things play out yeah well i mean i think the way they're playing out right now is it's pretty clear and we just touched on that with willie is that i mean if you're a player um, you know, that's part of this team with the potential of maybe going elsewhere. It's been a pretty clear statement made from this team with the guys that they've started and got to come back that the plan is to get this band back together and uh, play that same tune in late November and uh, bring another great cup back. And I mean, at that point, we're talking about a team. I mean, if they were able to three Pete Jeff, I mean, that hasn't happened. What since the, the, the uh, Edmonton and like the early eighties right now, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. there is the potential of doing something very, very special. And when you add that into all the other positive things that have happened with this club over the last number of seasons, 
pretty clear why guys, you know, might take a little bit less to come and be a part of something that, um, you know, could, uh, you know, could go down in Winnipeg sports history for sure, but also right up there with the greatest Canadian Football League squads in decades. So we talked about this um, weeks ago about the, you know, I think even before the Bombers went back to back. So maybe even before that, it was before yeah. that throwing out the D word, the dynasty word here. And I think you start talking dynasty when you, when you go back to back to back. And, um, you know, I, it's interesting because I got this vibe after the back to back that I wasn't so sure that the B to B to B was a priority. I, I almost kind of felt like there was almost this feeling of like, you know, mission accomplished in the sense that, okay, you did what you came to do in Winnipeg. If there was other opportunities elsewhere, you know, maybe you, you know, maybe you jump at them. I, I don't feel that anymore. I don't feel that that vibe anymore, particularly with these signings, particularly, you know, the conversations I've had kind of behind the scenes. I will not be surprised to see a handful more, like I said, come, you know, coming in the near future here. Um, certainly, you know, it's, it's, it's a conversation to have. I mean, this is, you know, you look at the 2021 season, as special as 2019 was for the, the organization and for the city, it was obviously the, you know, the, the slump buster, um 2021 had a lot of adversity to it you know the bombers may have made it look you know relatively easy in the grand scheme of things but it was a tough season you know it was a you know it was a tough year for everybody as much as you want to make out you know a lack of adversity whether it was you know maybe not as many injuries as other as other teams or whatever everybody dealt with their fair share um, of adversity just based on the whole COVID situation and protocols and everything. And, you know, I think, you know, as you see, you know, as you hear from players, I'm sure Willie brought it up. I think even I might've mentioned it. I apologize if you did, but there's a lot of talking going around a lot of guys and, and very similar to, you know, after the 2019 season, bringing the band back together, you know, getting guys convinced, no one's saying take less money. People are just saying we have something special here and it's, you know, and, and maybe reminding players that it's you know the grass isn't always greener on the other side and you know there's a lot of factors that that benefit you know teams like the bombers um versus maybe other organizations cost of living you know it, it's not as expensive to get a place here as it is you know a toronto or a vancouver you know you, the bombers treat the players well and we've talked at, at length in the past about you know the the meals they get just just you know the the facilities they have and and you know just the opportunities they get here and, and the fans and obviously the appreciation the fans have for the players. There's all these additional factors that come into play or that get, go beyond money. And then even if you want to bring the money side into it, the bombers look like they're, you know, are going to be a prime team to, to, to repeat their repeat. And then you start, you know, factoring in playoff money and, and, and how that factors into things. And so, you, you know, you add up all those things and it's, it's not all that surprising to see a lot of guys, you know, either take haircuts or take discounts or, or maybe not, you know, at the very least not take as much money that they may have gotten on the open market. But the other thing too is, and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're reminded of this, that the market isn't always great. The free market isn't always great as far as a long-term goal. If you, if you like what you have going on in your, in, in the team that you play for, that loyalty exists in Winnipeg. You, you can see it. Right. And so, you know, if, if you think that you're, if you want to go chase money, if you say, for instance, and I, you know, I've talked about this lots, I've written about it lots that, you know, if you want to go say, go to Toronto, Toronto wants to give you 200 and something thousand versus maybe 200 or even less from Winnipeg, you better play like you're a $280,000 player. So you come back that next season. And, and that's just the, 
reality of the Canadian Football League. So I think a lot of players are realizing that if you like what you have here, and not just again, I mean, I mentioned all those other things. Another big thing is is the camaraderie they have, not just within the players, but within their extended families. You know what I mean? It's very important. You know, we often talk in the NHL about, you know, families and, and what, what's a good place to raise kids and all those things and whatever the bombers have a great extended family the wives are friends the, you know the, the the kids are friends that you know they get along with each other and those things you can't really put a price tag on so all those things combined i think is the reason why you're you're seeing big names maybe even guys that you suspected that might test the market end up in the same place that they were in 21 and, and uh 2019 yeah well certainly a great start to the offseason for Powell walters dc and the winnipeg blue bombers and uh, i I am with you. I, I do think that at some point very soon, it'll start be the daily re-signing of a player. Um, and we'll hopefully get them on here on the program, talk about moving on to next year. And um, certainly the excitement continues to ramp up for the attempt at a third consecutive championship for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Jeff Hamilton's with us from the Winnipeg Free Press. Let's shift gears over to the Winnipeg Jets right now. And such a weird time, Jeff, for this team, all the Canadian teams really. Um, you know, if they were unlucky enough to have a bunch of home games scheduled over the course of this month, they haven't been playing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Jets, you know, a pretty nice road trip, at least the start. Major reality check going up against the Avalanche on Thursday night and then another week of practice. Um, but I mean, I said this last week for all the people that were worried about Billy Hainala or Colt Perfetti getting in games. Uh, just give it a few days because with what's happening right now, never mind injury, but just with COVID, there seems to be the likelihood that in the very near future, there will be those opportunities. And that, that kind of seems where we're at right now. First, it was Harkins and Dylan DeMello. Today, we learned that Nikolai Ehlers is going on that list. Uh, I think it's sort of unreasonable to not think that every team is going to be hit at some point for it. And, um, you know, maybe a time where you're not playing very many games is a good time to have it happen. Um, but regardless, that seems where the Winnipeg Jets are right now. And fingers crossed, it doesn't get more serious with more players being involved. Yeah, like if you're Billy Hanela or you're Cole Perfetti, you know, you're going to the rink and back to your house and, you know, staying locked in because yeah. the reality is, I mean, this virus doesn't play favorites. I mean, that you know, you are just as susceptible to contracting it um, as anybody. And, you know, it, it feels like if you look at the numbers, not just here across Canada, um, it just feels like it's a matter of time, you know, it's whereas it was, you know, at one point almost kind of like a whoa, like this, even Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler, like when, when they entered the COVID-19 protocol, you know, it was kind of like a whoa, like I can't believe, you know, they're in this. How did this happen? You know, it's, they, you know, the Jets have been really good. They've been you know obviously testing all these things and whatnot. Now it just feel, it feels inevitable. And w- whether you're an NHL hockey player or, uh, you know, whatever you do for a living, you know, you're, you are susceptible to it. And I think this is going to become the, 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 a bit of the new normal here. Obviously, a lot of moves are being made. I mean, the the mighty dollar is an important one for the business. It's important not just for the owners. It's also important for the players, even though that, you know, they might express a different viewpoint when asked about, you know, missing these games. It's important to them because, you know, that... They, they might have an idea of how much, you know, escrow is going to affect their situation, their financial situation. But if you can't play, you know, if you go another season or even a stretch of games where you're not packing the, the building or, or you know, garnering the, the expected money that they would have expected at the gates, 
that's going to affect that. So, you know, it, it is a bit bizarre, you know, that, that you have pretty much the United States, you know, acting as if this virus doesn't doesn't exist. And then you have Canada taking the completely opposite approach and letting, you know, a minimum of 250 fans in a th- in, into the arenas. Um, it is an issue. I mean, it's it, it's also it's also really interesting as far as scheduling, obviously. I mean, this team is, you know, you look at the schedule and it's just a bunch of PPDs on the home games. And then, you know, they're, they're heading off to the States to play. I mean, the players are going to be susceptible to the virus in the States as well. So how, you know, how is that going to factor in? And it, it almost kind of feels like, well, yeah, you, 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 you want to have a situation where you have as many fans as possible so that you can make them as much money as you can, but the virus isn't going away and more players will be in COVID. What's to say that there won't be a handful of guys in three weeks from now. And there's a shutdown based strictly on the fact the numbers are too high. So I think we're, we're obviously in very interesting times here in the NHL, but it, it, you know, there's potential for it to get even more interesting. And, you know, whether it's Nick Ehlers getting added in today or DeMello and, and Jansen Harkins and, you know, um, you know, other players, Arvid and, and Matt Prefontaine, the video coach, it, it, you know, there really is no way of, of determining how you're going to get it. I mean, I was on your show fresh, fresh off my own, my own stint with COVID-19. And I can tell you what, I'm not doing anything special. I'm not going out and enjoying, I don't have millions of dollars in the bank to enjoy a social life that NHL players, you know, have, and I still got it. And, you know, I know a lot of people now, and I'm sure that's the same situation for, for a lot of people in this city and province that, you know, you might've been able to count on one or two hands, how many people have gotten COVID through the first, whatever X amount of months or years. And, and over the last three or four weeks, we're looking at, you know, I can I, I can tell you some of the closest people in my family and friends group have it and and we're not hanging out. So um, I'm one of the families, one of the many families that canceled Christmas in the sense that, you know, you didn't want to you didn't want to spread it around. So it's it's obviously coming. It's it's obviously here with the Omicron um, and, and just how contagious it is. And and the reality is we're going to have to take it day by day and week by week and and figure out what it's going to be. But the one thing that it isn't or the one thing that it certainly is, sorry, is interesting times. And, you know, what, what exactly is going to happen? happen in the coming weeks no one's going to be able to say yeah Reem was just uh, mentioning to me just to go back to the bombers very quickly mm-hmm. deandre Alford just tweeting out in the last seven minutes that he has signed an nfl contract with the atlanta falcons um you know jeff in in a lot of ways here's the uh here's the uh the the post if you're uh watching with us on you uh, on youtube uh, dreams to reality um so deandre Alford now signing with the atlanta falcons there's a picture of him signing his deal um, man, I mean, all he did was come in, uh, earn a job on this club and be a huge part of a great cup championship team and earns his, uh, earns his NFL chance. Um, I have a feeling we could be looking at the same situation as we were this season, bringing in 30, 35 DBs and hoping you get a couple gems like Nichols and Alford coming out because there's a chance both of those guys could be gone. Well, you know what? It's I'm glad you brought that up, and I should have probably mentioned that in the whole uh, uh, you know talk about signing and contracts and stuff. Heading into the off season, you know there were some names, whether it was Alfred or Nichols or even Drew Desjardins. Those were the guys that were inked for next year. You know, those were the guys that <laughs> you didn't have to do your homework on, and you didn't have to you know spend time re-upping. And then the reality is, is very rarely do you have two rookie, you know, true rookie. Uh, defensive backs come in and, and and be named CFL All-Stars. Of course, they're going to garner interest. I mean, and these guys, I mean, like anyone who's who's come to the CFL, 
is looking to put, you know, their, their, their skills on display. They're looking to, you know, as you often hear, uh, looking to get game film, game tape. And those guys certainly got a ton of it. So not surprised at all that Alfred is, has inked the deal. I wouldn't be surprised if the other two, Deatrick Nichols and even Drew Desjardins, who, who in the, in the last few weeks, I'm telling you, didn't get that scouting report throughout the season. And maybe that's on me for not asking about it, but you hear some of these guys talk about Drew Desjardins and, you know, and, and, and when you're on a line with guys like Stanley Bryan and Jamarcus Hardrick, it's easy to kind of get lost in the shadows. Um, but the praise that they've poured on that guy, I would, you know, just given off strictly that. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he inks a deal down south and, and good for him if he can. But that NFL window is there for a reason. And um, it's there for those players that, you know, and, and you know what? I know a lot of people go, well, you know, the jumping ship or whatever. You want to have that opportunity. You want to bring in guys that, you know what, I mean, I would never limit a guy in, in, in opportunity in his profession. And we all know the NFL, you might like the CFL more. I certainly like the CFL more than the NFL. Um, but at the same time, you, you know, obviously the, the zeros on those paychecks versus uh, up here in Canada are, are, are vastly different. So, you know, good on them. But also, uh, you know, as you as you alluded to, good on this on the uh, on the scouting staff, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to find those guys. We've seen Danny McManus, Ted Gavaya. Um, you know, th- those guys do their jobs well, find, find, uh, find players that not only that not only fit the, you know, the mold as far as an athlete and player, but fit the room. You know, you talk to those, if you would have watched any interviews with Theatric Nichols or DeAndre Alford, um, you would have seen right away those guys, you know, bought in the exact same way that players like Andrew Harris and Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick and Adam Big Hill and all those guys that have been around, you know, for years now they bought in the exact same way, had the exact same dedication and, you know, good for them for that, uh, for that to be paying off and, and maybe leading to something special in the NFL. You know that they're, if they're going to come back North, they're probably going to come back uh, to Winnipeg just because of what they've been able to do here. And um, you want to have that because Calgary had the same thing for a long time. Calgary would, you know, they would get those players because they, because those players could point, they could not only would those players point at the organization could point to those players in their sales pitch that like, Hey, if you want to make it to the NFL and you're not getting calls, come down here for a season, you know, ball out. And you don't know what, you know, you never know what the opportunities. And it's one thing to say that and be like, Oh, go check out those st- stampeders that we play, you know, twice a year. They got some guys going there when you can point to your own organization. It's certainly a great recruiting tool. Yeah. Listen, I mean, it, it is just, I mean, for people that have followed this team or cheered for this team or just been around this team for, you know, the last couple decades, like where the culture of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is right now compared to say where it was, you know, seven, eight years ago. It, it, it's truly incredible. There's a lot of people that deserve a lot of credit for it. And a, the players buying into that, and as you mentioned, is a big, big part of it. <laughs> Remus, that's a great idea here. The Bombers should make the DB camp next year a reality show. Bringing all those guys in there, there <laughs> actually would work. Um, especially yeah, with the numbers yeah. that we've been talking about coming in here. Um, so anyways, I just needed to get to that. DeAndre Alford, uh, now a member of the Atlanta Falcons. So it's a big hole um, and a big opportunity for someone to step into next year. Although, as Mitch mentioned, um, you know, the fact that Winston Rose came back probably has the Bombers maybe in a bit better of a situation like that. But, um, you know, we'll see how things go. Back to the NHL and the Jets. Um, so they've got this game on Thursday against Detroit. Games that were supposed to be played on Saturday and Sunday night at, uh, at uh, Canada Life Center are off. Games against Ottawa and Edmonton. Funny enough, Ottawa was supposed to play Edmonton tonight. That game's been postponed to Saturday, the day that uh, it was supposed to go. But it's quite clear that the Jets 
and many of the teams would prefer not to play games right now while they can't have fans in the building, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but at a certain point, Jeff, we're going to get to the point where you really don't have that option anymore. I mean, I'd imagine that with the extension of the current health orders, the 25th and the 27th games, which I believe was supposed to be against Florida and Vancouver, probably off the table. Um, listen, it's above my pay grade to try and imagine what things are going to be like and you know what the rules will be come the 1st of February when these are finished. Um, but, you know, for an organization like the Jets, um, you know, there's some real... It's some tough sledding, and it's been tough sledding for a couple years. And I mean, to their credit, I know they had that PR mishap at the beginning with the part-time employees. But I mean, every full-time employee with True North has been working throughout this entire pandemic. People sort of miss that. They've got to pay players. Players want butts in seats because, as we mentioned, you know, they're partners in all of that. Uh, when we get to February... And there's this big Olympic window. I mean, how is this going to work, do you think? I mean, will we be getting games in Winnipeg that, you know, might have some fans in it? Or, um, or and I guess they've already sort of inquired as to other options, i.e. Saskatchewan. Now, who knows what their rules are going to be like, even by the time we get to the 25th or 27th games. But uh, it's a big mess. And to your point, I mean, it's affecting the Canadian teams way more than anybody south of the border. So did you seem to think that I got paid significantly more to answer that question? Is that, is, is, is that what your thought process was? That this would somehow reach my pay grade? That I would have all the answers for you? Like, am I the one that's I taking a break? In this, am I the it. one taking a break in this conversation to give you the sponsors? Is, where, where, where are we at here, Huss? Like, you know, so no, but I'm with you. I mean, I'm absolutely with you in the sense that, you know, look, this window was created, right? The play, uh, the, 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 in a perfect world, if COVID wasn't going to, ravage this league they were going to go to the olympics it was going to be best on best in the olympics players were going to have a three-week vacation to spend time with their friends and family which i think a lot of people were excited about and and it was going to be a nice little break from the nhl so everybody can enjoy the olympic games but that three weeks was also created in the event that what we're seeing exactly what we're seeing right now was an open window for teams to, you know, make up those games, pull the players out of the Olympics, and then whatever games were lost to fill it in there. But I'm, I, to be quite frank, I have no idea how they plan to work this schedule out in a three-week window. I, I, I just, you know, you look at the number of games canceled, it might be easier um, in the sense that, obviously it's easier in the sense that nobody played during that stretch. So if you have a bunch of home games, it looks like the Jets are going to have a majority. I think there's already been talks of at least nine games Six, uh, six home and, and, and three away during that stretch. I, that number may have changed, whatever. I think that was maybe a few days ago that I, that I, you know, I saw that or heard that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't envy the, the, the schedule makers and all this because the reality is, is, you know, you have to fit, you have to, you know, find the needs of a bunch of, of, of a bunch of teams, make sure that those games are up, make sure that they, they coincide with nobody else's plans. Cause it's one thing to have a team, you know, you can cancel a team, break here but what if they need to make up a team against Ottawa it, it just seems like a lot of scheduling gymnastics for sure they wouldn't you know I like to think they you know wouldn't be postponing these games without um you know without having a plan in place to to make them up of course they do you've looked at some of the teams in the states they've moved up some of their games um that would have been played later in April to now so that's probably going to help out in a, you know in a, in a bit of respect but you know these teams are going to come out and complain right because it's it's not going to be an ideal schedule it's not you know you have all these you have one game and you know you have a 6 day break and then one game and 4 day break that the jets are sit, you know 
currently sitting on right now. They might be playing a ton of games in a short period of time because otherwise I don't know how you make up for it. Um, and if we got to hear a time zone change or uh, X amount of games and X amount of days excuse, it's not going to matter because I think that's a situation for everybody. I, obviously, there is a benefit here that there's a focus on the Canadian teams because it obviously helps out the league that the the United States seems to think that COVID is over and, and, and you know, status quo. So everything seems to be, you know, going just, you know, normally there. That's going to help out as far as scheduling and figuring out, you know, those teams where, you know, they're going to be on the road, obviously going to Canadian cities. But, you know, obviously they have a... Um, they have a lot of work in, in, in front of them. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, what happens if more stuff goes down? I mean, we, we've been watching these numbers climb, players go in. At what point, you know, do they just say, okay, you know, we're going to have to bring an X amount of players from the AHL. Obviously, the taxi squad is back in play. Um, you know, if, 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 if another team, if heaven forbids, another Canadian team gets an outbreak in their entire organization, what does that mean for February? I mean, do they do they have to play? You know, half their team gets COVID. Are they well, gonna? I think I think that would be the case. To be honest, it with has you. to but be the, the big, case the, because they don't want to. They don't want to extend the season. They, they, no, and they might have to anyways. Them. They might have to anyways. And on top of it all, um, I mean, like, what happens if the rules aren't changed by then? I mean, you know, do they just suck it up? Say, well, I guess we have to play in front of empty buildings right now. I mean, so you that's have to think that's the case. Well, right? for like, sure. It but Itchy brings up a great point in chat. And I heard Odog talking about this last week. How detrimental do you think this could be to Canadian teams as a whole when signing, when trying to sign free agents in the offseason, considering just how different things have been this year for the teams and players that have been playing for American teams as opposed to what guys are dealing with if you play on one of the seven Canadian teams? I think it's an interesting I think it's an interesting suggestion. I mean, it's hard to look at what we've been through, you know, since since March 2020 and go, well, let's be realistic by 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 September or by July of this more so July with free agency that everything's going to be figured out. And, you know, it's not going to be a problem. We've kind of been dealt that narrative for a bit and it, and it hasn't been the case. Now, if you look at, you know, I, I like to think that's not going to be a big concern. Obviously, money talks. I think money will play the biggest role in determining on where players land. And, and, and you know, as much as, as much as, you know, Canada might have a, it might, might be viewed as a negative for COVID, it's also viewed as a positive for a number of other reasons, too. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's certainly an interesting thing. I mean, you look at players like Andrew Kopp, who even made a, a bit of a quip, uh, you know, the other day in his in his media availability about, you know, like something about face to face. And oh well, I guess Canada's not there yet, so obviously he's thinking about it. Of course, you're going to have American players that you know kind of have a bit of a penchant to want to go to the U.S. anyways and play, you know, quote unquote, in home, whether it's their hometown or or not, just their home country. Maybe that's a bigger role. You know, players are getting, you know, we're all getting COVID fatigue. So we're all kind of looking at you're wondering when this is going to be over. And if you're, if you're close friends, you know, it's a, you know, it's a small league. You, you talk to a lot of players in and around. And so if you're the, if you're the guy who's stuck in a Winnipeg winter and you're, you know, albeit a very, very nice home, I imagine, you know, with the opportunity that if you wanted to not step outside for one second in the winter, you probably have that luxury. However, 
you know, if you're comparing it to your friends who are maybe in, you know, hotter spots in the States and they're going out and about and they're grabbing dinners and, and all that stuff, you might wonder why, you know, how long you have in the league and how much fun you're having. That might play a role. You know, again, I, I like to think that won't be as big a one, but you know, look, like these guys take everything into consideration. This has been around for a while. So it's not like a, Oh yeah. You know, maybe, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel thing. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I'm just going to revert back to the point I've made three or four times now already. And that, you, you, you know, money, m- money kind of solves all things. And, you know, you, you, there's other factors for sure, but to, to, to suggest that this wouldn't be one um, would be naive, but we'll see how big of a deal it is come, you know, the summer months. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to help. That's for sure, but we'll see how much it hinders uh, hammer. Always great having you on the program. Uh, you'd be well, and we'll look forward to catching up next week. Hopefully with some actual games to be talking about on the ice played by the Winnipeg Jets. Hey, look at us. Eh? We can fill space no matter what's going on. So appreciate you having me on. And uh, as I always do, shout out to the commenters. You're the ones that are the uh, that ride this show. And um, appreciate you guys and, and gals. And uh, we'll talk to you later on. Take it easy, Hammer. There he is, Jeff Hamilton, at Jeff K. Hamilton on Twitter. And, of course, you can find all of his fine work in the pages of the Winnipeg Free Press Sports section. All right, we are going to be talking in a couple of minutes with uh, my guy Andy McNamara and we are going to have to do it on the phone um not because Andy doesn't want to show us his cool backdrop or anything but I guess sign of the times with uh, two kids in remote learning right now everyone in the place is online so we don't think that the connection would be very well so it would be very good but there's certainly a ton to talk about coming out of yesterday in the National Football League Black Friday today. Everyone's still talking about that crazy game between the Raiders and Chargers. But we'll get to that and Andy Mack coming up in just a few minutes. Um, With everyone spending a little bit more time at home, maybe you're getting ready to plan for a big weekend on the couch of football watching with six playoff games next week. You're thinking about picking up a few cold ones. You may as well make it the best. Uh, Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg's favorite local beer. Starting it off with the iconic 1919. Now a number of great beers available in the winter variety pack. And of course, still supplies available of the Brute IPA, the special beer brewed for Little Brown Jug's fifth anniversary last month. Um, Lots going on at the tap room, albeit closed today, opens again tomorrow. Um, But you can get the great taste of Little Brown Jug delivered to you as well by utilizing the website at littlebrownjug.ca. So whether you're picking up a 1919 at your favorite watering hole, whether you're grabbing it at your local beer store or popping down or delivering online, the great taste of Little Brown Jug. Therefore, you're ready for the playoffs and ready for you in 2022. Lots going on in the world of curling. We will be doing some more curling discussions on our Princess Auto Curling Reports heading into the next few weeks because... Uh, we're starting to get provincial champions from some of the other provinces. Of course, the McKenzie Zacharias rink already has won the Manitoba Scotties just before everything got crazy. They'll represent Manitoba at the Scotties, which is scheduled for Thunder Bay. Um, and of course, we're still waiting to see who that mixed team will be from Canada to represent the country at the Winter Olympics, along with the Princess Auto sponsor, Jen Jones team. Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Uh, Two locations in Winnipeg. Pop down and see them or shop 24-7, 365 online at princessauto.com. Met a friend at BP yesterday. 
I can tell you the uh, Boston's wings still go about as well with football and a cold one than anything else. Of course, amazing gourmet pizzas, pasta dishes, and more. Uh, and for those of you that maybe aren't venturing out, it, well, it, later on this week, it'll be a good time to get out. It'll be a much, much nicer. I know today the high is like minus 24 or 25. So it's a great day to order delivery. Big game tonight with Georgia and Bama. Why don't you order from your local Boston pizza or check them out online at bostonpizza.com. All right. Um, Remo, what, uh, how are we going to do this? Uh, you're going to give uh, give the uh, our pal Andy Mack a call right now, or do we have him? It's hard to hard to tell. With the uh, with getting people on on the phone, I'll just phone him um, right now. One sec. Excellent, excellent. All right, so there we go. Andy McNamara coming up. Uh, I, you know what? I want to give a special shout out to Matt Lang, Matthew. I uh, I'm sick about what happened last night in this game, folks. If you weren't following on Twitter, Matt made one of the ballsiest bets I think I've ever seen, and threw twenty or twenty two bucks down on a Jags. Regulation win. They were a huge underdog against the Colts. Parlayed with a tie between the Chargers and the Raiders. That bet would have paid $10,000. And with 45 seconds or so left in the game, it looked like it was happening. Andy Mack. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm doing, doing very well. I'm just uh, great to have you on the program. I'm just rolling out the scenario last night of one of our good pals here, Matt Lang, who had a uh, a $20 parlay yesterday with the Jags to win Ooh. in regulation, along with the Raiders Chargers tie that would have paid $10,000. And uh, it all went up in flames in the most bizarre, controversial fashion. I think we've seen in a game with so much at stake. It was uh what a crazy end to the NFL season yesterday, Andy, with all that overtime. Every slate had a crazy overtime game with massive playoff implications. It, it did. It did. And I think the weirdest one for me was where the unlikely scenario, because remember people were making the joke, right, of, well, the Chargers and Raiders, if they just kneeled uh, 15 times each or whatever, you know, you'd, you'd be able to have the tie. And then they'd both get in. And while they didn't kneel, Lo and behold, it goes to overtime and it just gets, it, it, it got weird. There was a timeout and then there is like, well, we're going to boot this. They get in and the Chargers go home, which is a little surprising just how dominant that offense is. And the Pittsburgh Steelers wiggle their way in on Ben Roethlisberger, ready for the glue factory, gets one more shot. They'll be one and done, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I, I I can't take another national media storm of uh, lauding flowers at Ben Roethlisberger. I've had enough. Yeah, well, don't worry about that. The glue factory <laughs> will be located at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday night. And uh, I don't want to talk go. too much about it because God knows it could come back to blow uh, blow up on you. But I mean, I think Chiefs <laughs> put it this way from a Chiefs perspective, it couldn't have gone much better. Um, assuming that Tennessee was going to win. And they almost blew that game in the number one seed. Wow. Pretty wild comeback by Houston in the second half. Um, but considering that the Steelers, who are an incredibly flawed team, have made the playoffs and they'll be the visitors in Kansas City. And to be honest, when I look at their rosters and the way they played at times this year, to me, the Chargers and the Colts, two of the scariest teams that you could play in the wild card round, are both out. And when yeah. you think about the way those two teams 
folded down the stretch. I mean, the Charger, we can talk all we want about the Charger game last night and going forward on fourth down from their own 18, which to me was far more egregious than that timeout at the end of the game. I think that was a lot about nothing, to be honest with you. Um, it was the loss to Houston that completely screwed yeah. their entire season. And for the Colts, who had that big win against the Patriots and looked like they were ready to really make some noise in the playoffs, lose at home to the Raiders and then lose to a 2-14 and 14 team in a win and in-game. I mean, they really get what they deserve, but it's shocking that it happened the way that it did. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Both teams folded. Like, the Chargers, yeah, lost three of their last four. And the Texans game, absolutely. Like, you, you let that one get away. There, there's no sympathy for me on that. Like, if you fancy yourself a playoff team, uh, sorry. You got to win that. But the Colts, maybe because... The Colts one was like right at the end, right? Like if the Houston game for the Chargers was yesterday, that would be the worst one. But because the Colts lost to the Jaguars, and I forget the stat has, but they had one in Jacksonville and X number of games or years or what. It, it, the teams sometimes have weird spots for whatever reason. Jacksonville is versus Jacksonville is it for the Colts. But you had two chances to win and like the last two weeks, and you, you blew it. You blew it. And so you don't deserve to get in. And it's super frustrating from, uh, if you're a Colts fan, Jonathan Taylor, just an absolute monster. I wonder what this means for Carson Wentz and the Colts moving forward. Because really, the idea was, you know, I don't think anyone expected them to win the Super Bowl, but it was, all right, Carson Wentz, can he get right with Frank Reich, reunite and, and go forward? Uh, yes and no. Like, I think you, you bring him back, but I don't know how excited Colts fans should be about it. Cause again, you let that slip away and Jacksonville beat you. Come on. I mean, it's right. If you would have like, told me of looking at the standings three weeks ago, I don't know what the odds we could have gotten on a bet for Pittsburgh and the Raiders to both make the playoffs. But it would have been astronomical for all the things that need to happen. And you know what? Yeah. Speaking of the Raiders, I'm a Chiefs guy. I can't stand the Raiders. We all know that. Give credit where credit is due. That yeah. team making the playoffs is as impressive a feat for a team that had so much happening, really from the beginning of the season. Gruden going out, interim coach coming in, Henry Ruggs killing someone in an accident. I mean... Oh. There was just, I mean, it's been a nightmare season off the field. And, you know, from the coaching staff to Carr, I, I can't say enough about the fact that they were able to stick together and pull through. And it really is probably, I mean, a story if they lose quickly in the playoffs next week, we won't talk about it enough. Um, but, man, I mean, I, I, hats off to the Raiders. I never thought that I'd say it, but uh, they deserve a lot of credit right now for doing what they've no. done. I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. and. How many teams would have folded? Like how, and, and you wouldn't have blamed them for all, everything you just listed off there. But they stood. And I think there's something to be said for Derek Carr. Because, again, how many quarterbacks who would have been, you know, face of the franchise, right? You have to stand up there and face not one, but two incredibly difficult situations, which you have nothing to do with, but you have to answer for. You have to try not to get frustrated, but you have to try to keep the locker room together somehow. And damn, he did it. He did it twice. All the Gruden stuff, all the rug stuff. And, and Derek Carr, as a, a leader, I think we really have to up our thinking of where he is status-wise, leadership-wise, uh, overall. And 
it's kind of a weird stat line because he threw for over 4,800 yards. You'd think he'd have more than 23 passing touchdowns, right? Like the stats are kind of weird that way. Um, but leadership-wise, hey, and you know what? The Raiders, have, they've obviously found some sort of rallying cry, bound together, and are going. And maybe they have a fun little run where they, they win a game or two in the playoffs. Well, they've got Cincinnati to kick things off in the afternoon game on Saturday. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, you know, big guy just mentioning, I mean, the Niners going into the playoffs off of that win, the way they did it, um, you know, speaking mm. of impressive performances, I mean, they were down and out, 17 nothing in a game. The Rams are rolling, and that game completely flipped on a dime. A field goal at the end of the half, a touchdown coming out of halftime, and all of a sudden it goes 17 nothing to 17-10. Uh, and they just ran the ball down the Rams' throats in the second half of the game. But on top of it all, the red zone pick by Garoppolo, the Rams get it back, they get the touchdown, you think it's over. And, I mean, the way they went the length of the field with no timeouts to tie that game on a touchdown was incredible. And uh, I got to tell you, if I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan right now, I'm feeling a little nervous about this Diner team coming in because of the way they're able to run the football um, it's going to be really interesting. What do you think about the Ram- the, uh, the the Rams loss, the Niners win, mm. and what that does to this San Francisco-Dallas game coming up this weekend? The Niners are a weird team, Hus. They're Very. a weird team because they can beat you in a, in a few different ways. And it's, not, it's something where you really have to watch them play and not just look at the box score, right? Because if you just look, see Jimmy Garoppolo, a TD, two interceptions, yeah. You look at the rushing game, it's like, oh, well, no one had a 100-yard game. But, but it, it, it's when they did it. It's how they strategize. And that's the, the brilliance of Kyle Shanahan as a head coach, right? Like, he can beat you in a bunch of different ways. And the Debo Samuel factor, that guy is such a weapon, such a wild card that you can have him run. He got eight carries yesterday, and we've seen that all year, right? You, you have him as a sprinkle weapon that you have to really almost put like a spy on in that secondary because where is he going to go? Then you got Eli Mitchell who can, who can you can hand off to him 20-plus times. And Jimmy G, the guy's taking that team to a Super Bowl. Now, is he maybe what they were hoping he would turn into as a franchise quarterback? I don't think so. But he's proven he can do enough and maybe make some mistakes, but doesn't necessarily make him at the crucial time. And that defense is finally um, getting healthier, which it just like, doesn't seem like the 49ers for like three years have just been plastered with injuries. Oh yeah. You know, every, all the time, you know, but they find a way and now they're in, they got all the momentum. I'll tell you this, the Rams, they're floundering. Like Matt Stafford who had that hot start. And I'm a little bitter because I had him at the end of my fantasy football season too. It was (laughs) a nice run for me, but the end, uh, you know, I'm a little, little, little bitter towards, uh, old Matt Stafford, but that, that they seem to be going in opposite directions. 49ers peaking at the right time. Rams. Yeah. They won the division. They backed their way into it, but I, I don't know. Uh, maybe Cam Akers can make a difference in that, in that, uh, uh, in their playoff matchup, getting his legs back underneath him a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's going to be the Monday nighter, the first ever playoff game, yeah. Monday night football, Arizona and the Rams, two divisional rivals going at it. I believe they split their games over the course of the season. So it will be interesting. I think the Rams opened up as about four point favorites. Um, the one thing and I know big guy was asking, you know, why would the Raiders risk having a field goal blocked and returned and losing as opposed to just kneeling right now? I mean, pretty simple. 
Um, you know, if they tied, they had to go to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. Otherwise, you know, but with mm. the win, they get to go and they play the Bengals. And of course, they eliminate the Chargers. And this is a long-standing rivalry between two divisional rivals that don't like each other very much. So, I mean, I certainly understand. I understood why they did it. There was something for them to gain. Um, but it was just an absolutely bizarre, bizarre one. And the other thing that happens with that game is that we get New England and Buffalo part three. Um, someone was asking in the chat, does Mac Jones throw more than three times in this game on the weekend, Andy? <laughs> you know what? It's in Buffalo. I wonder what the weather's going to be like. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, it's a bit too far out now to, you know, you can look at the long term, but you have to really look at it a couple of days before that weather in uh, upstate New York can turn on a dime. So I wonder, are we going to see that flop fest in the first meeting where New England did run the ball all the time and Mac Jones did nothing? Or is it maybe calmer weather? And we see what Buffalo did in the revenge matchup the second time around. How is that going to look? Our first look at Mac Jones, how poised is this young man in the playoffs? Different story from regular season. Um, all signs point to that he can handle the moment and that he is just the absolute perfect quarterback fit for New England. Like you, you cannot find, if you're not named Tom Brady, I don't know if you can find a better suited quarterback to slide right into what New England wants to do. And for the Bills, all the pressure's on them. And you get to, especially if you're a Bills fan, ooh, you get to try it. Now, Tom Brady's not there, so it's not necessarily exactly the same, but you could eliminate Bill Belichick, your nemesis for a two decades that's juicy there's a lot of pressure in buffalo coming off of what they did last year putting up a dud against kc uh and and got beat it, the expectations are, are uh conference championship or bust if not more for the buffalo bills this year this is going to be a tough matchup i can't wait that's the that's the saturday night game yeah that's, that's going to be awesome yeah, Saturday night, two AFC games to start it off. You've got the uh, oh. Bengals hosting the Raiders in the afternoon and then Bills and Patriots on uh, Saturday Ooh. night. And, of course, the other thing that we have to talk about today, it is Black Monday, tons of firings in the league. Let's stay mm -hmm. in the AFC East. There was a number of firings that I expected. I mean, Chicago, Minnesota, Denver. I was absolutely stunned that Brian Flores got a pink slip in Miami today, uh, Andy. Yeah. I mean, another winning season. Now, they didn't make the playoffs on a tiebreaker. Um, they won eight of their last nine games. They beat the Patriots yesterday. Flores has beaten Bill Belichick three straight times. How in the world does he get fired? It, that one makes zero sense to me. And, you know, you get the rumors here and there, and it's like, okay, is it is it? True as an I don't know. Apparently, there was a some sort of rift between Flores really wanted the Dolphins to go after Deshaun Watson and ownership wanted nothing part of it. And they couldn't reconcile that or, or something. I, I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I've heard from the rumor mill. Uh, that makes no sense. Uh, now, again, behind the scenes, maybe there was some some rifts we weren't aware of. But if I'm Miami, my goodness, I don't know what else you could have asked. Brian Flores to do. Did you want to make the playoffs? Absolutely. Maybe you do. You, I think you do need an upgrade at quarterback, but from what that guy did from day one in that season where it was supposed to be just like first overall pick and the defense stepped up and now the defense took a bit of a step back, but then finished strong and you finished above 500. Like, I don't know why you would set um, the reset button for that team, unless there is stuff behind the scenes. Cause if it's just based, on record, on progression, on where you could be, 
Brian Flores just seems like a leader of men and being able to get the most out of his players. So that one is very confusing to me. It is. I mean, there's a lot of scuttlebutt that um, that he wanted Justin Herbert when they picked quarterback. Mm. And he was sort of yeah. overruled by whether it's the GM or the owner to get Tua. Uh, the Tua-non people are all over this. Um, but, yeah. you know, the fact of the matter is that he's not in. And he did handle Tua in a very strange way last year. Um, benching him a number of times, bringing Fitzpatrick in, then moving Fitzpatrick out at the end of the season. So I, I would imagine there's some to that. I'll say this. I expect Brian Flores to be, I think the teams that fired a coach today finished it up, said, thank you very much. And then, but Flores is on the market and called him right away. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a job by the end of the week. Um, any of the other firings surprise you at all, Andy, or uh, which were the ones that made the most sense? I'll start in the NFC North, certainly with the Chicago Bears. You knew that Nagy was done. Oh, yeah. Nagy was supposed to be done in Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. That was probably the least, that was the least surprising one. Uh, from that Minnesota wasn't surprising either. It just seemed like Mike Zimmer did, he did, he did a fine, it was eight years. They didn't get to where they wanted. They peaked in 2017, got to the NFC Championship, that Minneapolis miracle. Uh, and they kind of sputtered, right? Like they were just like eh, eight and nine. You know, you were kind of caught almost in that Jeff Fisher vein of seven and nine BS, right? Just like you're 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 floating. You're there, so I could see where they're like, okay, this we've reached our ceiling with Mike Zimmer. Eight years, thanks. They got the GM out too, Spielman, and and you move on and start fresh. That makes a lot of sense to me there um, as well. So yeah, that that one didn't surprise me. You know, I'm. This Miami firing, you just wonder, like Matt Lang makes a great point. Typically, if you fire your coach and he's immediately the number one candidate on the market, you may have messed up. And that's certainly the way I read this situation right now. And you wonder what their plan is going forward. Um, But I mean, to me, Flores is the most immediately hireable guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Zim ends up back as the D.C., of the uh, Dallas Cowboys if Dan Quinn moves on or he gets another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I mean, the, the I know Vic Fangio in Denver was, uh, you know, sort of stumping that he deserved another season. Um, you know, watching the way that team played down the stretch, it was pretty clear that uh, a new voice is probably needed in Denver, not to mention a new well, quarterback. And, quarterback. and he said yeah. as much. They asked him, oh, things could be better. He goes, well, all the other teams in our division have good quarterbacks. <laughs> was essentially what he said. Ooh, he ran the bus over Teddy and Drew Locke on his way out of town. <laughs> Field goal Fangio, he's known in Denver. <laughs> Field goal Fangio. I think this is a perfect example where you have a brilliant defensive-minded DC, got a head coaching shot, and he failed. And he should go back to being a defensive coordinator. That's what he does good. This is not a guy who is, I, I believe, playing modern football and has the modern mindset when it comes to offense when it comes to coaching in the NFL. He's too conservative. He's too, and, and that's, if you're a defensive-minded guy, that's sort of where your brain goes naturally typically, right? So I think for Fangio, yeah, okay, the quarterback did stink. That's on Elway. That's on the front office. That's on everybody in charge there. They have not been able to get the quarterback position right since Peyton Manning, and they haven't drafted a guy of any worth since gee, maybe Elway himself. Like, And he, I think the Colts drafted him, and they traded for him, so they didn't even draft him. So, like, it's, it's a case where in Denver, where do you go at quarterback? Because, because this offseason – one, there's no 
but there's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no Joe Burrow. There's no like bona fide like, oh, this is the guy. There's a, there's a couple of like, okay, guys. Maybe somebody jumps up. Who knows? It's all based on situation where you land. We know that. But there's nobody there. And they didn't finish high enough to be able to get that guy, even if he was there. So who are you getting? You're bringing in Matt Ryan? Uh, okay, that, that's not very exciting. Are you praying for Aaron Rodgers? There was a rumor back in the crowd. I don't know. That, that would fix a lot of problems. You, the thing with Denver is you have an elite level receiving core. I'm talking top-notch receivers. You have Javante Williams in the backfield. You have all the pieces on offense to have a dynamic offense. Fancy was not the right coach to do it, and clearly you didn't have the quarterback play. So if you're the Broncos, you have all those pieces. I don't know what you have to give up. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if it's possible. But an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson are really the only two guys that I think would make any difference. And if you're the Packers or the Seahawks, you'd be stupid to let those guys go. Andy McNamara with us. You can follow him on Twitter at AndyMC81. Andy, if uh, we went over to CoolBet and I gave you uh, two 20s to put on one team to win the Ooh. AFC and one team to win the NFC, uh, who is your pre-playoff prediction to meet in the Super Bowl? Oh, boy. Jeez. You know what? You can't, you can't discount your cheats, of course. The Titans, I'm not buying to go that deep. The Bengals, I think the Raiders upset the Bengals first round. That's, that's wow. what I'm picking. You know, yeah, I, I, think, I think the Bengals, I love the offense. It's very exciting, but they've proven. I don't think they're quite ready yet. I think the Raiders make uh, With the make fact that there. you're a lifelong not- member of the Dog Pound and the Cleveland Browns fan, it all factor into your picking against yeah. one of your division rivals, the Bengals. Against, you know what? I don't hate the Bengals as much as I do the Steelers and Ravens. I certainly dislike them, but I just see like how they've trended this year. Whenever they finish high, they get knocked down. I think with Joe Burrow, this team could be great. Like the, the NFL yeah. from fantasy, from betting, from viewing is more exciting when you have elite quarterback play. So I hope Joe Burrow stays healthy, you know, on that knee. I just don't think they're there. You know, the Steelers are getting bounced. Please let them get bounced. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say your Chiefs get back to the dance again. Again, they get back. Maybe it's against Buffalo, maybe New England in the, cha- in the conference uh, championship. And the other way, I don't know about you. I got to see Green Bay actually get back to the dance because something always screws up. Always. With Aaron Rodgers. They have great, how many, how many great regular seasons? How many tremendous stats? How many records has Aaron Rodgers and the Packers set? And they only got one Super Bowl. I got to well, see it to get back, so I would not put my, my fictitious 20 on the pack. I'm going to go back to Tommy Terrific and Tampa Bay. What do we say? To be the man, you got to beat the man. You got to Ric Flair, Tampa Bay to, get, to, to convince me otherwise. Wow. Super Bowl rematch. Sign me up for that rematch. one. Unfinished business from last February for uh, the guys down in KC. Lots of work to go. Let's go. Uh, both of those teams don't have the bye. They, if it was last year, they would have had a bye. Mm-hmm. This year, they've got to play. Although... I mean, all we've really done by expanding the playoffs to seven teams is brought in the two Pennsylvania teams, the Eagles and the Steelers, for what probably will be lopsided <laughs> games in the first round. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It is, it is more fun, I think, because you at least had, like, you had to have the Chiefs play hard. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, had, you had more meaningful games in the final week. So I like that part. But you, yeah, like... Uh, the Eagles and Steelers, I think, you know, you can, you're going to be able to say, Hey, we got to the playoffs and then you move on. That's it. Hey, uh, Hey, just on our way out, are you going to be watching this Bama Georgia game tonight? And uh, who do you like? Well, you know what? Can we go against, ever go against Nick Saban? Like I am tonight. I'm, I'm riding with the Bulldogs. I'm riding with the dogs. Jeff Kabila is a big, 
Yeah, I want fun. I mean, it's like, you know, the, Alabama is the patriot of college football. Yes. It's like cheering for the house in Blackjack, the casino. Yeah. You know, no. And no, he's best friends with Bill Belichick. He's best friends with Belichick. It's the college Belichick, right? <laughs> exactly. Let's so get I, some new blood I, in there. Are, I'm hoping for Georgia. I'm cheering for Georgia, but I think if, if I was putting money down, I'd go Alabama, but I hope Georgia does it. I do. <laughs> Andy, uh, now that the regular season's over, what sort of fantasy stuff you got cooking over at Sportsnet? Yeah, well, you know what? We still got, the great thing is, there's always the drafting CFS plays, right? That's what, te- like, I hate just like, oh, fantasy's over. It's like, no, 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 we can still go. So we're going to be doing our DFS uh, weekly plays, our value plays, our, our contrarian picks every week for every playoff game as we go. Also, the great part is, Hush, now we start, especially with the college football uh, the uh, playoffs wrapping up, now we have to start shifting to, all right, well, who are the draft prospects to watch? You start that. We start doing our uh, pre-draft rankings as far as dynasty and keepers. So we're now getting starting to get into a bit of prep mode to go into that offseason. Because really, the NFL, there's like two weeks out of the year where the NFL doesn't have something relevant going on. So we're going to be getting draft ready, prospect ready, and the fantasy plays for the playoffs. I will say it was such a weird Sunday yesterday because Chiefs played on Saturday. So they weren't playing yesterday. Fantasy is essentially over, or it should be over going into the final season. If you yeah. are if you are in a league that your championship game was determined in week 18, oh, rattle, your, rattle your commissioner uh, and figure it out because there's no way to end. And to be honest, Andy, I'm still despondent from two weeks ago in the big week 16, the money week where you got to win to get in the finals. I somehow, it's almost mathematically impossible to go 0-5 in fantasy in a week. And I did it in the yeah. worst possible uh, week. Kelsey on the COVID list. Uh, I just, I'm still oh rattled no. about it. That being said, it's all about the playoffs oh. now and the quest for the Lombardi trophy. Cannot wait for these six games this weekend. You, my friend, be well. Um, how's just quickly, how's the homeschooling going? Are you, are you enjoying being a teacher as well? Dude. I, well, folks, that's why I'm not, you don't see my beautiful face on the screen. Cause both my kids are online learning because of lockdown. So there's two online streams. So if I was on it, it would be a pixelated robotic mess of just interruption. So, you know what? This time around, they at least are giving them work, and it's it's. But it's just like, man, come on, let's get let's get them back. Kids got to be at school, and the parents need them to be at school. I'll say that. Uh, well, <laughs> Maybe I'll more importantly, <laughs> hopefully they'll get back into school. We'll have you on vid the next time we do this. We'll definitely catch yes. up during the playoffs. Andy, thanks for doing this, buddy. All right, man. Anytime. Talk to you soon, Huff. There he is at Andy MC 81. That's Andy McNamara. And make sure to check out all of Andy's fantasy content and much more over at sportsnet.ca. Uh, got a hilarious t- uh, text this morning from our pal Nick over at the Nick and Nikki DQ group. I won't get into the content of that. However, I will tell you that the other thing he let me know is that uh, Buffalo chicken fingers are at DQ right now, and they are incredible. I've always loved the honey barbecue chicken fingers they have there, um, but I do like a good buffalo wing. I like fingers probably better than wings, so I'm going to be checking these out very, very soon. Uh, Of course, um, DQ, all those great burgers, fries, and now buffalo chicken fingers available at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, the DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And uh, 12 months a year, DQ and Nick and Nikki are your go-to people for wonderful cakes to make that gathering even a little bit more special. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. If you haven't already, 
and uh, let them know what you're looking for. They'll get you a custom cake ready for pickup at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQ locations. Um, cheers to our friends over at Canadian Club and another great Canadian Club marble race on Friday. Big shout out to Joey Pankyu who won for the first time. Some of the uh, marble race winners, actually, of course, the uh, winners get these great those great hoodies. Uh, also talking about maybe a uh, a silk jacket. We may have to talk to the guys at F Apparel about marble race champion jackets at some point for the exclusive club of victors. I know Joey and Gitch and a few of the uh, former winners were talking about it. Of course, Canadian Club is our great sponsor, the official spirit of WST with Canadian Club. And of course, your official whiskey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, and their sister company, Jim Beam. Also proud sponsors, the Bombers. And if you are in your local Manitoba Liquor Mart, keep your eyes out for remaining um, stock of the special edition 2021 Grey Cup Championship glass that's available with the purchase of Jim Beam at local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Uh, we're going to get to this cool bet, cool bet lines in just a minute, but let's get Remus back in here. Uh, Remo, very busy show today. Um, great stuff with Jeff Hamilton. Of course, Andy, we knew today would be a great day to talk NFL, especially with such a quiet weekend for the hockey team going on. Um, but I think everyone's still still fired up about the Willie J interview. In addition to the special Willie J cribs, the, uh, the man cave tour we got with all that cool uh, memorabilia and merchandise that Willie's amassed over his incredible CFL career. A lot of compliments in chat about the Milt Stiegel Jersey. People wanting to know where you can get one of those. I mean, they don't really sell retro uh, bomber jerseys anywhere. So I think you got to keep your eye on the online marketplaces for something like that. Uh, yeah, the hat, Grey Cup hats. I, my favorite, I think, was the uh, policeman's hat from Calgary. Like a cowboy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. a cowboy hat. So I know people listen uh, on the podcast. If you want to go, if you want, if you're listening to the podcast now and you want to see Willie J's office with his memorabilia, um, scroll and I mean, come on the YouTube channel. The time markers are in the description, so you can you know select it and and figure it out. But yeah, it was, that was awesome to see. No, totally. A big guy. Love the NFL content today. Hey, Andy's one of my favorite guys. We we go way back. I'm talking about it. And to be honest with you, I could have easily come on and just done two straight hours on the National Football League today. I mean, normally with, you know, our focus being on the Winnipeg teams, if there's things going on with the Bombers, we're hitting that first. Obviously, the Jets will always be sort of the engine of this show during hockey season. But with such a quiet time for the Winnipeg Jets, it was... Uh, it was great. And you know what? I'd I laugh about this, Remus. I don't know how many times we've said this throughout the pandemic, but the NFL, for better or worse, always seems to come through. Um, they did it again yesterday with some incredible games. Um, and man, people need this. I mean, the sports fans that are watching it, we didn't have any hockey to watch this weekend. But if you are even a casual NFL fan, um, week 18 had a little bit of everything, and it certainly sets up for another awesome weekend next week where we won't have the Jets playing, but we'll have six playoff games going from Saturday afternoon right through until Monday night. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm fired up. We got that Monday night wild card uh, game, super wild card weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, fantasy football season long is done. There's always uh, the daily fantasy and always betting and always always props so you know on saturday when there's no saturday and sunday when there's no jets games how great would this weekend be if we had although we don't have that issue where the jets are playing like during 
wildcard weekend, which I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, this is the anniversary today of Evander Kane's return to Winnipeg, January 10. I have came up on my phone. I remember being at that game, watching the Blair Walsh uh, missed field goal against the Seahawks. I will never yeah. forget that as long as I live. Mm -hmm. I was in the concourse Same. of the arena. And, you know, sometimes they don't do a great job if there's a big game throwing it on the TVs. But I guess they realize, hey, this is the playoffs. There's a ton of Viking fans around here. They better have that. And, you know, there was, I mean, hundreds of people gathered around the television. And they roll out. It was like a 25-yard chip shot. And he missed it. And I, I, that was just a scene like that you could he, hear audible groans from people. Oh my God. And then just silence. Uh, it, it was, that'll be, uh, that'll be a moment I won't soon forget. Um, the game itself, somewhat forgettable. I do remember that. Um, not a great performance, sort of a dead atmosphere for the game. But listen, before we get to these games tonight, speaking of Evander Remo, um, Evander also made some mm -hmm. news on the weekend by getting whacked from the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks moving to terminate his contract with the National Hockey League. He's cleared waivers now. He's free to sign with anybody in the NHL. And he stands to lose like $21, $22 million. Now, of course, the PA is challenging this. He will try to get his money. I haven't really heard the details of the subsequent COVID violation that they're sort of leaning on this to get out of the deal. Um, bottom line is another misstep for Evander Kane. He's now put his entire contract in jeopardy. And I guess the big question is, will there be a National Hockey League team that will take a chance on Evander Kane? The guy can certainly play, um, but much like a Antonio Brown brings so much baggage to your team, um, there'll be a lot of teams that won't even consider that. I've thought for a long time his next game was going to be played in the Continental Hockey League, but uh, maybe there'll be an NHL team that'll take a flyer on him at a bargain basement rate. Yeah, I think Evander Kane at $7 million, you're like, I don't want this guy. And then at $1 million, you're like, eh, maybe we can uh, take a chance. But, I mean, the guy keeps shooting himself in the foot. Um, not literally like uh, when Plaxico Burris did, but keeps making mistakes uh, over and over again, uh, not following protocols, getting in trouble with the law, having other off-ice uh, issues cropping up on social media. Uh, not a good stretch here for Evander Kane, but I saw, you know, your pal Dusty on the oil stream. Oh, yeah. He spent like an hour talking about how, how much he could help the Oilers' depth or maybe the Leafs looking for depth. I mean, he could definitely help uh, one of those teams, but do you want to put up with his BS? I mean, how many teams this guy need to get kicked off of um, before you realize, you know, he's not a guy in your locker room? But if you can play... Someone did you seen as I think Frank was on this show uh, a while ago saying all it takes is one team to want him, and I was yeah. of the opinion he was never gonna he was done in the NHL. But I mean, he scored, but he scored thirty goals last year. Oh, I mean, there's a team that could that could take a chance on him, but I mean, it's I think it's more likely to end in um you know with him exiting the team early than not. It'd be interesting to know where he can get more money. Because I think it's been well documented. Evander's mm -hmm. got a few financial issues and uh, he actually needs to get paid. I mean, I, and again, I don't know what the legalities of this because the Sharks, the Sharks were co-defendants in a couple of these defaults that he'd had. I mean, they at one point had, you know, co-signed was a loan or something for him and backed it, you know, based on his contract. So um, it's an absolute mess for Evander. I mean, unfortunately for him, I mean, incredibly talented young, play, uh, young man, but... Um, well, not that young anymore. And to be honest, 
um, you know, both on the ice and off the ice um, has turned into, you know, it's just an absolute mess. So, I mean, if there's a KHL team that'll give them 3 million bucks, but NHL teams only want to give them a one-year deal, $1 million deal, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, but yeah, I was listening to Dusty and the guys in Edmonton talking about that this morning, and I just couldn't help but chuckle a little bit of just how desperate a situation must be to consider going down that road. And it was sort of the same thing with them holding their nose and bringing Chris Jones back after he did them so dirty after the 2015 great cup. But uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I guarantee you, whoever signs Evander Kane, uh, it'll either be a very, very desperate team or a team that's already set completely veteran laden that tells the guy, okay, come in one misstep. You're out of here and we won't miss a beat. Um, it'll be fascinating to see how things go, as well as whether he ends up getting the money on this NHLPA challenge of the decision. Yeah, I mean, the Oilers, the Oilers are a team that needs some depth scoring. I mean, they're on a big slide here, 2-6-2 two, and two in their last 10. There's calls for them to fire the coach. Is this the guy you want to bring in? I mean, I, I don't think it, it'll end up working out, but they do need a guy who can score goals on the wing. I mean, I'm sure he'd look good with McDavid just setting him up for shots. I'm, I'm, she, man, I'm sure it would work, but, uh, well, we'll see. I mean, I, I know there's a, the, the, of course, there's the jokes about the Montreal Canadiens would naturally be the first team to step up and try and sign Vander, considering what's happening with them over the cut, over the course of the, uh, of the last couple of years. Oh, and we're also seeing, we should touch on this. We had that great conversation with John Horn towards the end of the uh, week last week about Novak Djokovic. Um, incredibly Remus, he is, uh, his lawyers have worked it out, so his um his visa is actually being allowed. However, the Australian president or prime minister, I'm not sure what the exact terminology is, may use a um his absolute power as head of the country to reverse that decision and uh, get Novak out. Um, the the Djokovic story still not done. I believe the Earl just saying just seeing a bunch of Novak Djokovic supporters getting pepper sprayed down in Australia. So uh, somehow tells me we have seen we've heard far from the last of this saga before we even start with the tournament coming up next week yeah i saw a lot of people trying to you know watch uh the trial and all the stuff with djokovic you know john horn almost had me feeling bad for him being locked up in a seedy hotel with bad food and bed bugs but <laughs> and then we'll we thought that this is entirely his own doing yeah, well, and didn't feel that bad after all <laughs> no but I mean, that is no way to treat the number one player in the world as putting him in a hotel with bad food. He's used to the only the most luxurious one. So this is a story that we'll, we'll definitely be following. Uh, all right, let's get to the cool bet lines. If you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% deposit up to $200 on your first deposit over at cool bet. Big game tonight is that college football championship game, Georgia and Bama. Georgia's a three-point favorite at even money. Bama minus 110, and you get three points. Uh, and the money line just straight up to win this game hasn't moved a lot. Georgia right now minus 141, Bama plus 129. Um, so as I said, there'll be tons of people on Bama as an underdog, although I am riding with the Bulldogs tonight. Looking forward to this game. Um, NFL playoff odds are out. Here's how things look. Raiders, six-point underdogs at the Bengals in the Saturday afternoon game. The Bills, four-point favorites at home against the Patriots in the Saturday night game. 
Sunday's games are as follows. The early game, noon our time. Tampa, nine and a half point favorites at home against the Eagles. I'm really looking forward to this one Sunday afternoon. Niners and Cowboys. Cowboys, a three-point favorite and actually getting plus money. So that could absolutely end up going under, under three points very soon. Um, Chiefs open as the biggest favorite of the weekend. Twelve and a half points over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the Monday nighter, the first ever Monday nighter, the Rams coming off that second half collapse against the Niners, hosting another divisional rival, the Arizona Cardinals. That is your cool bet lines for the six NFL games coming up on the weekend. And um, geez, what do we have? Is, is today the ninth or the tenth, Reem? Today is the tenth. Oh, today is the tenth. Okay, so we do have some games. Boston at Washington. Kraken at Avalanche, no Gabe Landeskog tonight, and the Rangers mm. are at the Kings. Three games on the uh, NHL docket, and uh, including a late game, which we did not have on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday, Reem. Yeah, he tweeted this out. You know, uh, I went to tune in on Saturday to watch a little Hockey Night in Canada, and I was pretty choked. I think I mentioned, I mentioned at the start of the show that... um. I don't know, it was just weird to me that uh, in the middle of the NHL season, Saturday, no after hours. I don't get uh, the panel on the late game. I was stuck watching Vegas, Chicago, or on the you know the package, Anaheim. Who are they playing? Rangers. So, I mean, hopefully they get this, uh, they get this sorted out. I know the Jets are supposed to play two this upcoming weekend. They got postponed, but three games tonight. And I got to say, I'm, I'm really frustrated with the... Uh, NHL COVID protocol, you know, it seems like an hour before games they're announcing guys. If they want people to bet on these, they need to have they need to have some kind of regulated times where they announce like starting goalies and gotta check and the lineups. It's a weird world we're living in right now. Information can change quickly. Um, usually not for the better, uh, <laughs> as it pertains to guys playing in these games right now. As I mentioned, Landeskog out right now. If you tuned in a little bit later on, the big Jets news coming out of the weekend. Nikolai Ehlers added to the COVID-19 protocol today for the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets will be back at practice tomorrow. Um, we'll talk a little Jets tomorrow. Uh, JP Vijay is going to join us. Now, we didn't talk a lot of hockey today. We certainly will get that into that much more tomorrow. Dennis Bernstein on what's happened around the National Hockey League. Mike McIntyre will stop by as well with a little report from practice. So uh, we will have lots to get to tomorrow on the program. Uh, but man, a lot of football talk today, starting off with Willie Jefferson joining us live on the show. What a treat that was. Um, Hey, thanks to all of our sponsors, including the Nick and Nicky DQ group, Canadian club, cool bet, Canada, Boston pizza, princess auto, little Brown jug, Manitoba battery, Royal sports, not auto corp, Culligan water, Vita health, fresh market, and our friends at F apparel folks stay warm. Only one more day of this cold tomorrow. It's going to be gorgeous outside. I think a high of minus two. We can all look forward to that. But in the meantime, hunker down, enjoy what should be a great football game tonight. And we will see you tomorrow with the latest on the Winnipeg jets and the national hockey league. Maybe a little bit more on the NFL playoffs on a packed edition of Winnipeg sports talk daily. Have a great one. And we'll see you tomorrow on WST. Oh my God! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go! Home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at WinnipegSportsTalk.com.